you getting yourself ready for our show? Boys and girls, jigs and bigs for another Tuesday. It's a brand new week. We're just out of the Christmas holiday, just about to roll actually into. Well, when you're listening to this, it is the new year. So happy new year, everybody. Um, We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week on the show. Uh, First and foremost, there was a little article that had come out this week on uh, Bassmaster from the one and only Ish Monroe, and he's talking about how the industry owes us nothing. The Jigs and Bigs team are going to react to that. We're going to review it, go over it. Uh, There's a a number of you had sent this article to me, and we kind of want to lay in our our opinion here a little bit. But we've got more stuff, too. Florida just can't get its shit together. We have an FTG for you that is just going to blow your freaking mind. It's absurd. And, yeah. It's part of that whole Bass Pro series of dipshittery. You're not going to want to miss it, guys. we got a lot of great stuff coming up. We do have a guest this week in the Beef Seed. Surprise, surprise to see who it is. We'll explain why. we got much more good stuff coming up for you guys this week on Jigs and Bigs. You're not going to want to miss it. Did your boy get into some BFS gear? Did you? Well, you're going to find out right after this. We'll see you guys in just a bit. Don't go too far. You know, I, I don't. Can you guys hear it in my voice? I have just been busting my ass with gigs this last week. It has been crazy. Even being a day short, it has been nuts. How are you guys today? Exhausted because I was at one of those gigs. You were at one of those gigs. Yeah, I I was not at the gig, but I feel like I haven't seen you guys in weeks. It's been a while. I feel like it's been I feel like it's been weeks since I've been here sitting with you guys. My God, my God. Uh, yeah, it has. It's it's been kind of crazy. Um, we have uh, Joe has been globe trotting. I'm I would say to a small extent, at least in North America. Right. Um, you know, he's kind of been all over the place. And uh, yeah, let's let's actually start there. Joe, talk about talk and tell us, walk us through your your experience in Mexico. How was it? Holy crap! I forgot we haven't talked about that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, how was the food? How was like everything? Oh man! So Mexico was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so the only the only so all right. I'll start from the beginning. So this is for a wedding. For it's actually uh, one of the top owners of my wife's company. Oh, all right. And uh, oh yeah. So it was very extravagant wedding. But anyway, so we fly into Cancun. Um, and where we were, Tulum is about an hour and a half to two hour ride from Cancun. Mm-hmm. So we get like a tax, <clears throat> excuse me, we get like a tax, uh, I'm sorry, a, uh, like a ride share service that okay. they had uh, booked, like a shuttle. And we get, you know, take the ride down there. Um, I've been to Mexico before, but I never like been driven through mexico and like it it was kind of wild to me like how third world it was oh yeah some some areas um but so we get to the resort the resort was absolutely amazing um just beautiful the food was i ate the best tacos ever had my life down there by far um 
the drinks, the margaritas were like flowing like water. Uh, the wedding was it, it it was out of this world. It was like it was like being at kind of like a rave concert. So they actually oh, yeah. uh, they flew in a band from Miami. I don't I can't recall oh, the name. Um, and they brought their whole stage set up. Everything. Oh yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah it was everything. That, it, it, yeah, it was actually like a tour. And then they have this uh, DJ uh, DJ slash like saxophonist that they flew in from Israel. That they're a huge Holy fan. Of. <laughs> that they're a huge fan of. Wow. And she was absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, so in in like we got to meet her and stuff uh, after. Yep. But um, yeah, it was, it, dude, it was wild. It was just it was literally like a rave. It was it, yep. it, it it didn't even feel like a wedding at the at the reception. It was absolutely insane. No shit. Beautiful. Like in the the reception was like in the jungle portion. Um. Not like the everything, the uh, wedding and everything was on the beach. The reception was like in the jungle. Port. It was just, it, it was just, it was beautiful. It was just amazing. Yeah. Um. So fast forward all the, we're there for four days, wedding, you know, mm-hmm. tattoos. Oh yeah, drinking, that's right. All kinds, that's right. All kinds, you, got, you got a neck piece, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I got one like behind my ear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, so, dude. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Mexico. <laughs> we'll always have Mexico. That's awesome, man. It sounds yeah. like it was it was a blast. And, and like, I you're right. Like, I've heard from many people. They're like, the, the, like there's there's a world of difference in a lot of times when you go to a place and you're in the resort and then you're just in the, like the natural area just outside yeah. of that. Like yeah, it's yeah, night yeah. and day. But I've heard from people. They're like, you could go to Mexico four or five times and have four or five different experiences. Like it's just oh, for that sure. diverse. Yeah, everything from from the food to just, I mean, just the layout, yep. like everything. It's just, it's it's crazy. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, like I had been to Cancun before, and that's like kind of like party central. But for like sure, Tulum yeah. is like Tulum is like it's just slower, much more quiet. Oh um, yeah, different different crowd of people. But, Perfect uh, for that kind of an event. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> quick, quick, uh, quick story I'll give you is the 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 ride back to the airport that morning. So, we had that same ride share company shuttle. They were supposed to pick us up at midnight, five a.m. Right. So, yep. at about four fifty-five, we get a text: "We're not going to make it." We're like, "Okay, so what the fuck do we do?" Exactly. Uh, yeah. So we talked to like they had this one person that was like uh, the planner of everything. So we. You have to use WhatsApp down there. So we like oh, yeah. WhatsApped her and she's like, oh my God, like you're just going to have to try to find a taxi. So we're like in the middle like of nowhere, jungle, Mexico. And <laughs> and randomly, so we talked to the hotel. We're like, hey, we like need a fucking taxi because yeah. they're like, okay, let's see what we can do. They're like, okay, we finally got a hold of one. They'll be here in 20 minutes. 20 minutes goes by, the taxi pulls up. Oh, he's okay. like, you, you know, he's like, oh, you need, but tax, they say, like, don't use the taxi. Yeah, and that's why. So, so we're like, fuck. So, uh, we put our stuff in, we say, we put our stuff in the trunk, and another taxi pulls up. The second taxi that pulls up was actually the one that the hotel called. Oh, really? And, you know, we don't, we didn't know this, you know, we assumed that this guy was. So these guys start basically getting into a physical altercation about oh. who's going to bring us to the airport. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Meg and I, Meg and I are just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And uh, <laughs> the guy that they had called, he's like popping the guy's trunk, trying to get our stuff. And finally we're like, 
just let's fucking get in this car, like whatever. Yeah, like drive, exactly. get out of here. Um, so <laughs> we get in this car. Like, granted, like all I can think of is this dude's about to drive us to like a fucking cartel hideout. You guys you know are getting I mean? your head sold. Yeah, yeah. So I sit behind the guy and. I have a hoodie. I put I I bound the hoodie up like as tight as I could between my hands. I was like, all right, if anything goes crazy, I'm just gonna put this hoodie over this guy's neck. I'm just gonna choke him out. (laughs) 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 So I I sat like that the whole fucking time, this two hour ride. Yeah. And uh I'm watching, I'm like checking my phone to make sure we're going the right route. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 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 like checking signs, you know, and uh but he got us there, and uh, that's good. But the 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 fucking funny part is uh, like our banks and stuff. We uh, one thing that's weird now is like you know when you, usually when you travel internationally, you let your bank know so they don't like shut your fucking cards off yeah. and shit. Some banks are crazy and, like uh, that too. They're just like, yeah, oh my yeah. god. So ours, the one we, we were just like, oh, let's just use our fucking bank card. Like you know, everything's mostly paid for. Like mm-hmm. whatever. <clears throat> um. So I go, I go to my bank and they have a thing like, oh, you know, if it's, you know, Mexico or Canada, you don't have to do anything like yeah. we blah, blah, blah. And it worked the whole time. Okay. That's good. We got oh. to the fucking, we get to the uh, airport, right? He's like, all right, time to pay. We're like, we give him my car, the bank card. And it fucking shuts off instantly when it puts it in his sketchy ass card reader. So all of our shit gets shut off instantly. So now we're trying. Luckily, we we uh, we had brought a couple credit cards, so we're yep. like rifling, hoping that you know one of them fucking works. Yeah, exactly. Now we're, now we're stuck here, owing this guy like two hundred and fifty bucks. But uh, <laughs> it ended up it ended up working. Uh, he didn't obviously. We didn't get taken by the cartel. We had we had a blast. Ate some great food. Had craziest wedding I've ever mm-hmm. been to. And That's awesome. We had a we had a blast. That's awesome, dude. Sounds good. We do. We actually we have a, a, a jig head in here. We got Zach Marston in here. We're doing pretty good, man. Uh, he says, "Morning, gentlemen. How's everybody today? You know, for a, for an early Saturday morning, I'm not doing too bad." Um. So let's now that now that we got we're caught up there. Let's let's discuss the the next biggest topic. How was your Christmas? <laughs> good, Sean. That was busy. It was well, yeah. You you fucking, you host, so you yeah. got a different sort of experience, man. In total, um, how was Santa Claus to you? Hey, he was all right. Yeah, had a couple couple fishing things, but not too much. I didn't ask for a lot. Christmas is that time of year where I like to, I like to a keep it simple on Santa and or keep it yeah. inexpensive for Santa and relatives. And what I do is I just set up an Amazon wish list, and Christmas is my time of year where I get. Restock, you know, basically. Well, no, basically the 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 gifts that a a young lad growing up in the early '90s would want. So I get comic books and I get CDs. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's all I ask for. And I, you know, that's it. I'm there happy to get them. Yeah, I got a pile of CDs sitting next to me. Comic books over there. We're all. I'm good. I'm good. I'm a simple man. Nice. I just want to live in 1992, and that's all. It's that's a, pretty I'm much fine it. With that. That's pretty much. You know, there's. It's funny you say that. Living like in a different sort of time or generation. There's a content creator that I saw Sean. Every time I see this dude, I'm like, Sean would love this guy. His name's Who is he? Old Time Hockey. And okay. uh, what? Yeah, he's in. He's from. He's from Canada, I believe. And he does these things where he has like a very like Bob Ross style voice. He'll be like, "Hello, buddy." 
<laughs> How about we sit down and have some uh, pizza pockets and watch a little uh, Disney's The Gummy Bears? Or it's always some kind of like throwback something or anything, and it's super relaxing and re- insane. And he's been blowing up. Like he's been going to like hockey games and shit like that as like a celebrity to sing the national anthem or whatever. It's crazy. <laughs> and his, his shit to me, I'm like, this just has Sean vibes all over it. It just does. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, what's a good Christmas? How was the yeah. how how was the annual pierogi uh, extravaganza? Did did you guys do that this year? There there was no extravaganza. There was a small amount of pierogies pinched at really? home. And that was it. Oh. Very small. You know, yep. Chloe asked me. She's like she's like, how's the pierogi thing working out? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm just curious. How? I, she's like, we, we I haven't heard anything. I was like, you know what? I haven't either. You know, there's always there was- next year. There was basketball. No, I'm a lot sure of basketball. There was a lot of basketball. I'm sure. We, I squeezed it in there and just had to get enough done. See, the nice thing is, mm-hmm. my relatives that come over on Christmas don't. Uh, they don't eat a lot of the pierogies because they're oh, swelled gotcha. up on pierogies from the night before that yeah. have the allergens that I cannot touch yeah. in them. So I. We didn't. Even, I didn't think we made a hundred this year. It was just me and the wife. So they're looking at it like they're like, I I don't need to see another pierogi until next Christmas Eve. That kind of thing. Yeah, fair they, enough. They, yeah, they don't they don't bother with it. So we just make them for ourselves. <sighs> that was it. And basketball fucking sandwich that. So <sighs> I think maybe the 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 pinching of days past is gone. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, it's an evolution. It is. Uh, so Joe, how was uh, how was your Christmas holiday? Same thing, kind of yeah. busy. We we did the, the fucking haul all the kids down to Rhode Island for, you oh, know, Meg's yeah. family thing that we try to get out of every single year mm-hmm. because hauling four kids around on Christmas Eve is not the funnest thing no. to do. But uh, it's funny. We try. We pretty much, you know, we're we're Meg and I are super like introverts. We hate going to shit like that. You yep. know, it's like it's it's terrible. But we we don't. We're we're not big fans, especially with all the kids. But uh, it's funny. They they definitely didn't expect us like to show up because uh, we show up and they did a they did like a family outfit. Like everyone in the family, cousins, aunts, oh, uncles. Yeah. They they did the whole like red like flannel. We're gonna take a big picture, and then we just like roll up in regular clothes. Like yeah, they just cash. they thought we weren't coming to the extent that they didn't even tell us about the yeah. fucking outfit. Thing. <laughs> it's like so when you roll up to the function and they're like, yeah, "Oh, here, let's grab some chairs," because they were not planning. <laughs> yeah, 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 it yep. happens. So yeah, so every we family's got there. that quarter it, too, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because like uh, her, it would they had it at her grandmother's house, and uh, they had just that big storm we had like last week. They had some roof that basically a part of their roof, like shingles and stuff, came off. It was brutal. Yeah, they had like some water damage and shit. So we're like, oh, they definitely aren't going to have it because you know the main room that we use isn't inhabitable right now. Sure. Or, oh no, they still did it. So everyone was squished in the small like you know family room, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm. Just, I'm just like trying to find like I literally I was like sitting I'd grab my chair and like put it in the middle of the kitchen because like that's where <laughs> just people to get some space so, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> sitting there by myself and uh but yeah it was, it, it was good I I didn't uh you know after Mexico and stuff I Meg and I mm-hmm. kind of decided that we weren't going to get each other stuff um yeah it's because we spent a lot of money there but uh kids had a good Christmas they got what you know they asked for Santa and that's awesome that's it man now that's awesome. still, I feel like we're still fucking cleaning up. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's insane. I want to take the tree down now. 
I, I just want it done. And I know that it's going to be like, well, let's leave it up for next week. It'll be nice. In the new oh, year. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, that, that shit comes come down at like 8.30 Christmas night. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, I am very jealous of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we had a, a great Christmas around here. Of course, we have um, my oldest is still hobbling around from her ACL surgery, which is definitely kind of complicated some stuff a little bit. But uh, the kids had an amazing Christmas. We went out Christmas Eve, um, big dinner with we met up over at uh, my cousin's place. Um, huge dinner with a bunch of family that I haven't seen in forever. We're all, you know, uh, eating amazing food, having drinks. I picked up, um, a couple of different beers for the Christmas holiday. I picked up some of that Wormtown Blizzard of 78. That's my favorite beer of all time. And this is the time of year for it. It's a brown ale and I can't get enough of it. And then I picked up this stuff. I think it's called St. Bernardus. And it's a Christmas ale. And normally it comes in like those bomber size bottles of 22 ounces. But this stuff has like an 11% alcohol. Like it's, it's up there. And those 22 ounce bottles will just, you're, you're on the floor. Well, I found it this year in cans, 11 ounce cans or, or something like that. Like they're just smaller than your standard size can. And I was like, I'm going to grab one of these. We'll see what happens. So my dad and I had a couple of those. It was awesome. Um, we, uh, my dad cooked his ass off. All the Italian, like all the good stuff on Christmas Day, it was awesome. Linguine and clams, uh, eggplant parm. Uh, what did we do? Uh, we did macaroni regatta. We did uh, what else? What else did we do? Oh, I made sausage and peppers. Like it was just awesome. We had such a good time. Um, as far as Santa for the kids, oh my god! So my oldest uh, got uh, a gift to plan a trip with uh, with her partner, and they are uh, we got them a gift card for like booking.com so they can kind of pick where they want and she's thinking about keeping it in new england so she can get like more nights out of it versus having to pay for you know any kind of travel she's like yeah i just want to drive so she's thinking vermont new hampshire something like that and i told her i got her on the idea of you should look into, into booking some uh, like a weekend at a tiny house i think you would love that but uh, that was pretty awesome my youngest got uh, was blown away they each got concert tickets to smashing pumpkins and green day um, which is pretty cool. And my, my, my youngest also got, um, uh, a, uh, a trip as well. She has a friend that lives in South Carolina and they haven't seen each other since they were on vacation, uh, this last summer. So in February, my wife is going to fly her down. They're going to spend a long weekend there. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. So she's psyched. Um, you, your boy got kind of spoiled this year. Really did. Um, my, my, uh, Mrs. Claus. Um, that's the other thing I should say. Christmas Eve, I have a a super. My my cousin uh, Michaela and her husband have uh, a son who this is his second Christmas. His name's Tatum. Great kid, and he looked at me dead in the face and looked at me and was like Santa because of the big white beard. Dude, my Christmas was made. I'm like that is awesome. This is the first time like this beard doesn't scare children, you know, which is really its intended purpose. You know, but that time of year, I'm like, that's cool. I'll take that. I'm like, that is that is great. So, um, you know, my uh, my my wife and I, same thing, Joe. My wife and I generally we tell each other we're not going to exchange gift gifts because we're grown ass adults. We just buy the things that we want. And we, yeah. my, but my wife is like a sucker for like stocking stuffers, and she's like, well, can we at least do that? I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, that has kind of gone by the wayside, and this was the year it was kind of apparent to me that like this was a little over the top. 
So my wife had spoiled me with one of the, a couple of things that she had gotten me was, um, you know, those big containers that you get like uh, vegetable shortening or like Crisco in at the grocery store, yeah. the big ones. I got one of those that's full of Wagyu uh, beef tallow. So just full of beef fat. And my initial thought was like, oh, what am I going to fry in this? Doing like a deep fry? And I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to break it down in a smaller, like half sticks of butter size and then freeze them so I can have it last. But this stuff is out of this world, man. <laughs> like I can't wow. wait. Cooking in beef fat is amazing. Like making chilies and stuff like that, out of, like anything, any searing. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's out of this world. So uh, I'm breaking it down so that way I can take like smaller amounts of it with me, like when I camp, shit like that. So that'll be perfect. Right. Um, she also did kind of. Uh, <laughs> you guys know what those Funko Pop vinyl figures are? You're familiar. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, I got Instagram. One of them. Yeah, I got a custom Bobby Roast Beef uh, pop vinyl figure, which is awesome because I only have a couple of them that I I collect. Like I, I had in my old office and stuff like that. A BoJack Horseman randomly, and then a, uh, a Don uh, a Vito Corleone, uh, the Godfather, was the other one. And uh, and then now I've got a Bobby Roast Beef with a beard that is looks like ten years ago. It's there's no gray. She was like, yeah. She goes, I can only get like stark white she's like there was no salt and pepper and she's like i felt bad getting stark white i was like well it's going there it's all good um he's holding a fishing rod and a cup of coffee and uh my boston terrier hudson there's a little accessory piece with him i'm like that is amazing love that um my folks had said this year they're like yeah we don't want to get you guys just a joint gift usually what they do is they'll get us a joint gift and it's Lots of times it's like coffee related. They'll get us like coffee accessories that like maybe we've been, you know, had our eye on or something, or they'll restock us up with stuff from Monsoon. This year they were like, nope, we're going to get, get you a gift and get Holly a gift. So my mom's like, so what, what can we do? So I sent her a link to Bait Finesse Empire. <laughs> and I was like, this is the real right here. Left hand retrieve. Uh, I got, she nailed it. She nailed it. I didn't realize that the link I had sent was already preset with the left-hand retrieve and everything, but she was like, yeah, she's like, it's so easy. She's like, that's exactly what it was. I was like, perfect. So Christmas night, um, I had left and uh, I had, you know, had to uh, drop my my great aunt Mary, who is, uh, she she is, uh, what's, what's the word for someone over 100 years old? Uh, centenarian centenarian i think yeah so, is that right yeah, yeah. yeah i got to bring her back um to the where she lives and then uh i had to drop off chloe over at her girlfriend's which is not not a problem the thing is is both of these uh you know i mean my aunt is is over 100 and she's climbing up into my forerunner which i had and not advised i was like maybe i'm not the one that should go and drop drop them off and same thing chloe again at only you know 20 years old but with a, a torn acl post surgery is trying to climb up into my forerunner you know of course i'm giving the assistance that i can we get all this stuff there i come home and i'm like you know what it's time for me to take some good advice from from Jeff and Paul from last week's episode. I don't know if you guys had listened to the uh, interview I had done with uh, aggressively average anglers, uh, but we had talked a little bit of bait finesse, and uh, Paul had given me a really good recommendation on uh, a rod, a Shimano Majestic XT. So I pulled the trigger. Rod is on its way, and uh, I'm I'm stoked. I'm 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 actually I'm going to give it. Uh, uh, give it a few. Actually, you know what's kind of cool? The company that that makes the reel, I think it's called Suranoia. 
and uh, they make the reel. It's called the Dark Wolf, and they included uh, like a super tiny suspending jerkbait in there with it. I was like, that's awesome. So now I've got a, 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 a new a new presentation I can throw. BFS, I'm psyched. I am fooling around with what I want to th- uh, put on this reel, though, for line. I'm not 100% sure what I want to put on. I'm thinking I'm going to go with probably four-pound uh, probably four-pound fluoro. Uh, but I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to take another look at the, the ratings on the rod too. The rod is interesting. It's six, eight light and it's, uh, I believe it's a moderate fast tip. So it's, it can fling some baits. I'm pretty stoked. This should be a good time, but yeah, so there's going to be some BFS talk coming. I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to that. That should be a really good time. That's about as anything closest fishing related that I had to do this week was that, uh, we should dive into some information regarding the 200th episode. So we still have tickets. As of the recording of this show, tickets are still available. You can get them at jigsandmigs.com. Uh, just click that little Eventbrite uh, little little banner that's up there. You can get your tickets right there. It's also a link right here in the podcast. But there is something new that's over at that link. This week, I made the decision. I just, you know, ticket sales were not what we expected them to be. I'm going to be completely upfront about that. They are not. They're a fraction of what we're um, looking forward to. Uh, they're, they're a fraction, I should say, of what we were expecting to sell. Um, we're still doing the show. Like, that's, go- that's going on for sure. We're going to have a great time. Uh, but I wanted to be able to do more for Veterans Inc. This was the, the heaviest issue. Like, I didn't want this to be a weak turnout, for, not for our sake, for Veterans Inc. So what I did was I opened up a new ticket, and, and there are a few people that are already purchasing them in multiples, actually, and some of them to get multiple entries. So what I created was a um, an additional ticket for a non-attending uh, raffle entry. It's a $30 ticket. It gets you, I believe, I believe it's 30 entries into the raffle. Now this was across the board. So each, every time that person's name comes in, we're going to put in 30, you know, we have, uh, for example, we have one, one, one purchaser that bought two. So we're going to put two entries in under their name with 30 each. That's a total of 60 entries in the raffle. So we've got some great stuff that's available for you guys. Cause I don't know if you're aware of this as of the recording of today's show, two weeks, 14 days, before this goes down, it's crazy. Like it, it, it blows my mind that we're like we're so we're right right there. Um, so it should be interesting. We'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, those tickets are available. So they're going to stay available right up until the day of the event. Um, the attending tickets, it's you know when they tell us it's last call, they're going. So if you are in the area and you're thinking about making it out there, by all means, I would highly recommend you guys get your tickets uh, before the opportunity goes bye bye because there's no no tickets available at the door. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to get in day of without any without a pre ordered ticket. Um, with that said, I'm stoked for this. Uh, I think we're going to have ourselves a good time. I think we might even do our very first tier list there in front of a live studio audience and kind of get some some folks feedback. Most of the folks that are in attendance are in that world of fishing, you know, we might have some fun with it. So you and I, uh, meaning our, our, our my co-hosts and, and I, we need to figure out what we want to do for a tier list for the first one that's maybe accessible by everybody. You know, maybe we don't dive in super focused on anything. We'll keep it kind of fun and lighthearted, but uh, it could be a, a great way to do it. I think it'll be a, a fun time. So 200th show that is coming up, um, man, it's just been a wild, wild ass week. Let me take a quick look at the, the format over here and see what we've got. 
Um, so we we had an, I'm gonna just tease this a little bit, Sean, because Sean has to do some number crunching. Before we jump into this next little segment here, this reaction segment, um, Sean had sent me something, and I don't I'm not even gonna mention what it is because I I want to kind of save the suspense for when we have some like numbers and some science to kind of work on. Um, Sean had sent me this reel, and it was it was <sighs> I don't even want to get into what my opinion on it so far, but it was basically just asking a question and uh, the comments were just unhinged, like insanity. I, I think unhinged is probably the best, the best uh, way to describe it. So uh, it, we were traditionally going to put this one segment in here. We're going to be holding off on that till we can get some actual numbers because it was a little ridiculous. Joe, right before we started recording, had gone and looked and he was like, Jesus, what is going on here? Unhinged. Hinge. So we'll get we'll get to that. Um, and uh, I think well, let's go ahead and we'll do this, guys. So um, let's go ahead and uh, and jump in. Strap in jigs and Bix listeners. It's time for Bobby, Sean and Joe to react to something that's been quite the buzz in the fishing media. It's J and B reactions. I, I like the English accent. You know, I don't care what anybody says. I'm down with it. Um, it's hot. So you guys probably, if you've been fishing at all and uh, have even uh, if you're aware that tournament angling exists, you've probably heard the name Ish Monroe before. Ish is no stranger to the Elite Series. He has been doing this for quite some time, and he had uh, put together an article that that Bassmaster.com had posted. Um, This came out just a couple days ago, really, just like three days ago on the 27th, and it's titled... The industry owes us nothing. I'm going to go through this right here. It was written by Ish Monroe. Uh, and basically he says that there's been a lot of internet chatter going on lately that's been frustrating. Several anglers and YouTubers have had things to say about our industry and what they feel about the sponsorship world out there. Some of the videos have claimed that the industry has, quote, lied to us. All of them have been critical with people saying that they haven't been supported as tour level anglers. Let me state this is the main theme of this column. So it is clear the industry owes us nothing, nothing. No guarantees and certainly no promises of wealth and fame once we get to the top levels of the sport. We all earned our chance to be on the levels that we compete on, whether it's the Bassmaster Opens, the Bassmaster Elite Series, or another tour. But getting here was only step one. What we earned uh, from uh, what what we earned from there is only the guarantee we have, which is a platform made available to build our brands and our businesses by promoting our partners. That sounds really familiar. (laughs) The first thing to realize is that we are not like any other athletes in the world. A better description of what we are is that we are a business that other businesses choose to partner with for exposure and sales. A logo placed by a brand on our jersey, a boat, and truck is done by an agreement that has guarantees of compensation for us, but they come with responsibilities we have to consider. Each of these brands have, quote, deliverables in their agreements where they're promotional anglers or influencers. The amount of compensation they provide is decided by the company based on several factors, but key to them is how much visibility they get from that investment uh, investment in us, which helps influence sales. A company can decide an angler that generates a lot of brand visibility through media exposure or social media influence provides enough in return. But ultimately, what dictates the budget for partnerships and advertising Advertising, yeah, is how much product is sold. 
Here's the key point. The partnerships that deliver the least amount of value in return are the ones that are first to be cut. The reality is, if you found yourselves on the chopping block when it comes to renewals, it's most likely that you don't live up to your contracted requirements or the company doesn't feel you influenced uh, brand visibility or sales enough to offer renewal. Yes, there are times when budget when uh, yes, there are times when budgets get tough that can influence contracts and partnerships. But the truth is, companies just don't don't generally get rid of partnerships that have produced results. They tend to start with those that haven't delivered enough. We all have the same goals. We want to fish for a living, but. There is a reason the anglers who have routinely made the best living in the game have the kinds of contracts they received. The main reason is, of course, the anglers have won the most, but they're also the anglers who work for their partners more than anyone else. Even though they have won more events than uh, most of their counterparts, winning is just part of the equation. Winning is how we as anglers build our reputation amongst other competitors, and it leaves a legacy of excellence. But the most important part of winning is that it builds credibility, giving the angler influence on the industry and its consumers. You see, winning does not equal sponsorship success. There are plenty of anglers who have won who have had not had tremendous success in the business world. Those who win must work in order to capitalize on that victory. Those that combine winning with efforts in the business world are those that have had the most profitable careers. To get to the point, you can win and not have commercial or financial success. But on the flip side, you can have a steady career, win occasionally, and make a few Bassmaster Classics and have a long and lucrative career by working hard for your partners. They are There are plenty of examples of that in this game. I work harder off the water for my partners than I do on, and I take my job as an angler very seriously. I spend time at dealers and retailers for brands that I represent. I talk to consumers. I personally sell products, and I make sure my partners know that they can ask me to go anywhere. They need me and do everything I can do to deliver on those requests. We have to stop complaining about what we don't have as a group and work to maximize the opportunities that we do to build our businesses. We all have our own platforms. We need to use these platforms to educate people and understand the products we represent and how to use them to catch more fish. Instead of using these platforms rather to try and catch and create clickbait for more controversy, do our jobs and prove our worth in the industry. Then we can have the kind of careers and businesses we can grow old and retire in. The industry deserves our respect for the opportunities it provides us, but it doesn't owe us anything that we don't earn. And I'll tell you, I, I've had a, a number of, uh, of, of, of listeners to the show reach out and uh, send me this link. Probably about a half dozen in total have sent me that link. And uh, I had shared it to both Joe and Sean. And, you know, the generally, I feel like most of the comments, at least from the, the listeners that have, have, you know, responded back, have kind of agreed with where we are. Like, we agree with what Ish is saying. Like, I, I feel like that's, on the base level, really, I think everybody can agree what Ish is saying. Is it an easy pill to swallow if you're one of those elite level tournament anglers that's feeling jaded by the whole situation with finances and your sponsors and everything? Yes, it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's reality, you know? And I feel like as anglers, there are far more of us that aren't in those shoes that Ish is directly talking about where we can see this from an outside perspective and say, that's logical. It makes sense. You know, um, what do you guys think? Where, where are you guys at? 
Sounds like uh, he's talking about a marketing job and not as much exactly. professional fishing. It, it, we've had this conversation numerous times before. Like, there's a level of, I think, delusion out there of amongst a lot of anglers of saying, hey, I'm going to be pro. And pro at doing what? Yeah. Pro at gambling on tournaments or pro at being a marketer? That's really where it is. So if you're a bad marketer, you're going to lose your sponsorship. No one gives a shit how many fish you can catch. No one. Yeah. They care about how much product you can move. Yeah. You know, I I will say uh, I, I agree. Like, I, I feel like that end of the argument, that's that's exactly what it is. And I think where sometimes maybe people get a little screwed up is they they think that like, oh, I'm a professional angler. I work for this. My boss is Bassmaster. My boss is MLF. I get a paycheck from them like I should be being compensated. That's my. But in reality, it's different. It's more like each angler is like an independent contractor almost. You know what I mean? Like you don't, your job isn't that part of your, you as an angler, you're a brand, you know, and you're partnering with brands to, to build exposure. So, and I'll throw a couple of examples out there that I think that this is a good example with, like I, I've noticed the ones that who aren't complaining about money that I've seen um, are generally involved in the industry. Like they're making products there along or, or, or they have something going along with it. A good example I like to throw out there is John Cruz, the owner of Missile Baits. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and the other one I would say would honestly be Ben Milliken because, you know, again, like uh, not even just like with his uh, part ownership of Sixth Sense, but, you know, his YouTube channel alone, that's all part of the equation that equals Ben's bank account, you know? So a in, in a lot of ways, those outside efforts then can provide the capital and at that point, it might even be a business write-off, provide the capital to enter them into tournaments to cover the cost involved with being on the tour. That could be just be one professional, like one angle of having their brand in that arena, if that makes any kind of sense. Joe, what do you think? I think he nailed it pretty good. I mean, like it, like Sean said, we we hit this generally hit this pretty hard when we talked about yeah. the Ben Milliken stuff. Um He's right. Yeah. The industry doesn't owe them anything because industry, the industry is not what they want it to be. Yeah. What a lot of anglers want it to be. This isn't the NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB. It, it's not the, the, I mean, in all realistically, the, it's an industry that struggles. Yeah. And it's still struggling each and every day. Um, And they're trying to, they're trying to get back to not even, I mean, it's never been a huge industry, never, yeah. ever. Um, you know, but with with the with the technology, the modern, modernization of technology mm -hmm. and stuff like that, it, and you have these other platforms. It's exactly that. Sean nailed it. it you, you have yeah. it's it's a marketing job more than it is a fucking athletic fishing job. Yeah. And he, and what I what the other thing that Sean said I loved is you know. What are you going to be pro at marketing or gambling on tournaments? Cause that's a hundred percent what it is. That's exactly it. You know, like, you know, and these, and these aren't like, take like golf, for instance, mm -hmm. these aren't fucking million dollar checks that these guys are getting. If they no. win, no. you know, it's, it's what a hundred thousand if, if you win. So if you, you know, if you win, one, if you win one tournament, if you're lucky, you win one tournament and you don't do anything else. You know, so you have a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket for the year. 
But you went into that tournament in the red. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's so, what I'm saying. So, so now you got to take you, out all you the won money. That. All you did was pay your bills. Now you got to yep. put food on the table. Yep, because you know, you know, it's it's not like NASCAR where they they actually used to do this, but yeah. they don't anymore. It's not like NASCAR where they load up their fucking boat and truck and they have a crew that brings it to each lake for them. Exactly. You know, they used to do that back in the day. Um, but no, Golf. they. they oh, god, go, Joe. Sorry. They are, uh, you know, they are driving to these turn if they don't have sponsors or, you know, or, you know, good sponsors or partners or whatever. They are paying for each, you know, to drive from one side of the country to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are paying for the gas, the hotels, the lodging, the gear, all that shit out of their own pocket. It's wild. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. And uh, golf's got golf's got a little bit of a different shtick to it because you're not even qualifying for the pro tour unless you're a golf pro somewhere. So you have right. a job as a golf pro yep. at your local course. Yeah. Yep. Bobby, Bobby, you, Joe, or I, we could conceivably pay our way onto Bassmasters, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. We could pay our way into a tournament. And I am not the pro for Lake Congamond. There's not a designated pro mm-hmm. for Congamond Jr. Yep. You know, Joe Quaybog, who's your pro there? It right. doesn't. It doesn't work that doesn't, way. You yeah, know what I mean? It doesn't work that way. Everybody's at all. out. Jeff Tim, whatever the fuck. I I completely agree with with ninety nine percent of this article, and the one thing that yeah. I don't agree with, I think he. I'm hoping Ish was shooting off the hip on this and just throwing a a, a number and a and a name out there to be facetious. Um, before I get going on this, I should. I should say, I think I mentioned this the hell on our first interview, Bobby, way back in the yep. day. Ish Monroe has more to do with the way I fish and carry gear yeah. than anyone on the planet because I went to the old, Joe, you might remember this, the old Worcester fishing show at the at old the Worcester Centrum. Centrum. Yep. Yep. Um, Ish Monroe was there. He was, he had the, he was up on the platform with a, with a, with the old Britney Spears, Janet Jackson microphone on his head. <laughs> and, he said he I can I'm going to paraphrase. Yeah. Because I can't remember the name of the um the angler that he said he was he was talking with but he said he talked with an angler and this angler changed the way he fishes because this was during a pro tournament and the guy had like two tackle boxes. <laughs> and it said, "What the fuck are you doing? Why don't you have this? Why don't you have that?" He goes, "Yeah." Because this is the way I fish. These are my strengths. I go with what brought me to the dance. And again, I'm paraphrasing. Um, And I think that I should say the guy had like a box full of basically tubes and like a, you know, a jig. It was a jigs and tubes and that's all he threw. Yeah. And he did all right. He said he came in second or third or whatever that tournament. But he said that forever changed the way he fished. And I listened to that. And that was the start of me consolidating and being more, if way more efficient with fishing gear instead of just going to the store and getting everything. So um, where I want to kind of nitpick here is Bobby, you got that article still up? I do. All right. He said something about multiple Bassmaster Classic winners, right? And again, I'm hoping he's being just kind of throwing stuff out there for an example. I think so, yeah. So Bass, the, the, the Classic has been around for 52 years, right? There have been seven multiple winners in 52 years. Yep. Five of them won twice, two of them won four times. So, so that's a limited number of people. <laughs> very, very I think limited. that's, that's a, yeah, I think it's that's pretty exclusive. Again, he was probably shooting from the hip and considering how many, what each, each Bassmaster classic has over a hundred boats in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a big fucking and, deal. 
Yeah, so just just for shits and grins, Jordan Lee, Bobby Murray, Hank Parker, George Cochran, and Hank Cherry all won twice each. Yep. Clun, Rick Clun, and Kevin Van Dam won four times each. So out of fifty two year out of fifty two years uh, being around, right off the bat, eighteen of them are taken by multiple winners. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what your chances are of winning the Bassmaster Classic, but it's about probably as good as getting you know playing professional basketball somewhere. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm hoping you know that was just kind of a off the cuff. I I have a feeling it probably was. Um, Yeah, I but you know I mean I do think he makes a really good point that like there is your tournament career, the accolades, the awards you've won, the value that you've earned as a competitive angler. But it's not like you're playing for a team. It's not like you have a franchise that's that's running you. Uh, you have a you have a platform that's ultimately putting this stuff together that gives credibility to you as an angler. And really, it's it's on you to create, you know, and and do do your part to grow yourself financially as far as you know partnerships and and sponsorships and things like that. One of the things that I love that he mentioned was like literally the act of putting a logo on a boat, a truck, a jersey. And we we mentioned this before and I think it was during that react uh segment we did with the Ben Milliken video and I had said I was like we're at a point in time and that's the issue where that is not enough. And there's no mm-hmm. industry that has not gone through some kind of changes in history where you're like fuck look at your average worker these days like they're doing way more work these days in x amount of hours in a lot of ways because the technology's changed allowing them to do so but the demand has gotten that much higher so yeah. I, I feel like for your average angler like and I, I i genuinely do feel this like you have i don't think he's talking to the to the uh younger and to the younger tournament anglers that are out there. Cause I feel like they embrace social media and their platforms. And you're going to see, this is eventually going to filter out be just because of the nature of the, 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 the group is going to be younger and more akin to working with that, those social platforms and building their own brands and partnerships and things like that, where I feel like in a lot of ways, like these videos that come out with these tournament anglers, like I'm not making enough money. What is wrong with our sport? Blah, 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 blah. I just think that it's uh, uh, heels in the ground. I'm not changing my mind. This is my job mentality. And you really are an independent contractor. Do you think the yep. average stormtrooper knows a goddamn thing about installing a toilet main? Zero. <laughs> None. Zero point zero. Yep. Yeah. It's, <sighs> it's, it, it, and here's another thing. Like, uh, to people that aren't complaining about not making enough money. Yeah. Some of these, a lot of these fucking anglers that are on, you know, in Bassmass or MLF or whatever in the off season. Oh yeah. They have jobs. Yeah. Some of them have jobs. Like, you know, the one job that a ton of them do is they, uh, they guide. Yeah. That's a big one. Being a guide is huge. Cause then you're like, yeah, tournament season, you do such and such, you go back. And then again, like, you're not working for somebody. You are working yep. for yourself. And really, let's be honest. That's the perfect example, Joe. If you're if you're at let's say let's take a, a guide. Let's say Dirty Bird in Oklahoma, where mm-hmm. where the little uh, potato lives. Like out that way, if you live in that area and you know that lake inside and out, well, shit, doesn't getting any wins at a specific level make you a bit of a more attractive guide for somebody to go with? Because it just adds a little bit more credibility. 
Sure. You know, and so, then you can charge a little bit more and, you know, and definitely supplementing your income. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I will tell you, man, if I had if I had the I, I don't think it's ever going to happen at this point in my life. One body of water with enough knowledge to be able to go and do it. That's what I would like to do for the rest of my life is be a guide, you know, yeah. Like just yep. go and and you know pack it all up and go and do that, man. I would do all that in a second. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot like my current job in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just gig after gig after gig. Um, yeah, they they don't have contract. The, the only money they get is from mm-hmm. their you know sponsors. Is it's if if they win a tournament or just place. You know, I mean, if you're getting if you're getting fucking. 10th to 20th place, you know, a couple times, yep. you may have earned like what 30, 40 grand for the year. Exactly. Who can live off that? That's what you I'm know saying. what I mean? That's crazy. And, and it's the sport is not in a place where you can be a contracted athlete. Um, they, you know, they're not, they're not bringing in ticket sales. They're not yeah. bringing in merch, you know, that's a really good merch. point. Yeah. There is no v- viewer like, payment coming in you know i mean obviously when you have like big events like opens and classics and things like that where you have you know like especially like the bassmaster classic is a great example of that like there are people who are going and it's an expo and stuff like that but that's different just the average day-to-day like you don't have like ticket attendance or you know you're not making money off of the nachos that are getting so you know what i'm saying like shit like that i'm so so, sean i've made it no like secret i am not the biggest sports guy ever um not at uh, not really at all. What is uh, the name of of a NBA player from whatever team that is benched? We'll say like about eighty five or more percent of the time. Um, wow, eighty five just, be- just benched a lot. It doesn't even have to be fall in there. But someone you're like they're mostly on the bench. Um, God, I, I see. I don't follow it closely enough to to say bench players. Um, we'll just say Jimmy McTitchitz. Okay, all right, Jimmy. Oh, McTitchitz. dude, you know, you know who was, you know, who rode the bench for the Celtics um, over the past few years? He's okay. playing in Europe or China now. Yeah, I think I know who you're going to go ahead. He had the he had the marketing fucking down, down, and he was beloved in Boston, but unfortunately, yeah. he didn't. He, he didn't, didn't play much. around. Taco Fall. Okay, not who I seven was seven thinking. footer seven okay. footer named Taco. Fuck. Taco Fall. Yeah. So Taco Fall. So if Taco Fall were to be at a game and on the bench at the end of the game, essentially he still got a paycheck. Yep. Yep. And that's the major difference with when it comes to when you're when you're looking at a, a tournament angler being a professional athlete, it's it's gig economy. You know, it's you don't have that team franchise contracting you for a certain amount of time and giving you that regular paycheck every single time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and also, like, if there's less hot dogs and nachos sold, Taco didn't go with a pay cut. No, it was yep. the same. It was all the same, you know? Um, all that said, when they sold that many more jerseys, Taco got the same check. It, well, as long as they were his jerseys, well, yeah. He got that's received. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got, you know what I mean? I'm just saying overall, you know? Um it's just one of those things where I, I I feel like a lot of a lot of people have this pipe dream of the idea I'm going to be a professional angler and they think that they're going to be like like they're going to be the David Ortiz of you know yeah, fishing or whatever yeah, and I'm yeah. like that's not real yep <laughs> you know. Yeah, it- it first first off, Sean. I, for some reason, I thought you might say Scalabrini. Um, 
I I was thinking Scalabrini, but he got <laughs> he got he got enough playing time over the years. He and did. He's, yeah. And guess what? He's now turned. Have you seen some of the challenges he does? No, I, I I'm not. I, I don't follow basketball at all. Oh, but Scalabrini no, was just like one person. It's not. It's not basketball. I think it's social media. Oh no shit. So Scalabrini, oh. like you know, you know, all of us fat fucks sit on the couch and go, that guy sucks, and he's yep. playing yeah. in the fucking NBA. So Scalabrini says, oh yeah, you think it's it's fucking you think somebody sucks in the NBA, and he'll take people on one on one. And destroy them like D one <laughs> basketball players, D two basketball players. Yep. You think you're good? Fucking face. And he's he's not even playing anymore, but he's older. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot of Scalabrini stuff out there. But That's no, I was thinking Taco great. Fall. So, <laughs> so the other thing I have to say that Ish said, and uh, and, and one thing mm-hmm. is like Ish Monroe. He's like. He's an old school cat. He's been doing this for a minute. Yeah, he hasn't been you know, around. he's not he's not like one of these new guys like up and comers. Ish has been in there for a minute. Yeah, he's been doing um, it. it. One thing I love that he said is people bitching and complaining about losing partnerships, you know, and he mm-hmm. says it. Well, if one person's doing better than, you know, bringing in more fucking uh, sales or whatever than you, yeah. then yeah, obviously they have to do what's better for the business. Yeah. And I believe that one video we watched a couple months ago, he actually, from the the one that Ben, I think was talking about, yep. I think he mentioned that it's I like, so. well then fucking do better. Yeah. Do, do something. Then do better. Yeah. Like, like, it, it oh it's like it's I, I i hate the poor me the yeah. poor me attitudes yeah. um it's like man you fucked up you you didn't do well yeah so do better i do want to throw this out there too and i i feel like i feel like you know it it's it's when ish says um when he makes the point he goes instead of using those platforms to try to create clickbait for more controversy do our jobs and prove our worth to the industry i think that there is a portion of those folks that are creating this content bitching and complaining and and all that stuff and and kind of quote unquote creating clickbait which just to 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 well actually what i'm about to say i think is going to prove my point um, I am a firm believer that the clickbait's not new. It, no, 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 it's not new. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just had different names through other forms of media, like a headline, a headline is meant to be a piece of copy that grabs your attention and makes you want to read the rest of the article. Newspapers were doing this. You know, when yep. you're watching Wheel of Fortune at night and your local, you know, news anchor pops up and says uh, something to the effect of like 14 children poisoned in Long John Silvers will have a story at 11. That's clickbait. Yeah. That's yep. clickbait. Um, yep. it, it is. I never thought of it like it's that. Just yeah, a that's 100% true. Like, and when people talk about clickbait, I'm like, are, are you are you fucking insane? Like, we've been living with this forever. It's not a thing. So there's a part of me that thinks that some of these folks that are creating these these clickbaity things, this is their way of trying to get ahead, trying to get on that social, like, wave um, faster. And, you know, there are creators that are going to do that. You know, there are people who do that, and there are people who see some moderate success doing that. There are other creators who they choose not to ride that wave, you know, and it's it's all about what's more important to the creator. So I feel like, you know, like when I see somebody do something that's kind of like a clickbaity title or a a piece of content that comes out that seems like it's a thirst trap just trying to get an engagement, I'm like – 
That's probably what it is. And it's probably going to work. Yeah. At least yeah. for the short it, term. It fucking works with me, dude. I, yeah. I, I click on that shit all the time. Like I'll, oh. I'll be, I'm a, I'm a YouTube junkie at night, dude. TikTok junkie. <laughs> and I'll be looking, it'll be like, Oh, you know, kids go fishing, get fucking arrested by police because the Karen calls the cops. I'll be like, Oh shit. Well, let's see it'll what be happens. Like a, yeah. A 30 minute video that I'm fucking watching cops never came <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like these motherfuckers yeah it's it's got, insane got my ass and it's like i mean i will say this on the one hand on the one hand i think that if you're if you're putting something in a title and you're making it attractive so that people get lists or that people will click on it and consume whatever that content is deliver at least a little bit like if yeah, you're gonna yeah, put yeah, cops yeah, yeah. called make sure the cops are there even yeah, if you're yeah, like yeah. hey i found this i want to turn this in fine at least they were yep. in there i don't feel like it completely fucking took me from behind yeah. But yeah. yeah, it is. It is crazy. It's 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 just interesting, you know. I I respected this article more because of who it came from. I agree. You, you know what I yeah. you know what I mean. If it came from, if it came from one of these, you know, these college anglers that just made qualified for the this next upcoming classic, I pr I probably would have you know read it with a little bit more of a grain of salt than yeah. I would have, but. You know, Ish Monroe. Ish has been around said. enough to to like have seen, you know, uh, really to have have seen have the perspective of the transition yeah. of of what's yep. what's changed. So, and just like he says it right in there, like yeah. I got to work, I got to work for what I got. Yep. You know what I mean? Like for sure. Aside from your fucking Ikes and your KVDs, who have made a brand for themselves, like a very lucrative brand for themselves. Yep. These fucking guys aren't like millionaires. You know what I no. mean? They're not they're they're not millionaire athletes. They they I yeah, it's just it if you love the sport and you want to do it, then do it because mm -hmm. you love it and you understand that other shit comes with it. Yeah. It's it's it, it, just because you've become a quote unquote pro angler and that like just like he says, like no one no owes you anything for that. Oh, like yeah. you you need to if you feel like you are owed something, then shame on you for not doing your research as to how the sport and how the industry has worked the last fucking 20 years and the struggles that have there that have been there and the lack of, you know, participation or viewership, like shame on you. Yeah. You should have went and got a regular fucking job. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like that. If you're looking for a regular paycheck, that's you're you're not in the wrong business. You're not in the right business. If you're looking, you know, you are your brand. You are representing so much more. So it's like, is it a grind? Yeah. You know, and it, it dude, it, it it is a grind. It's hard. It's not for everybody. You know, it's just like those people that say like, oh, I wish I could work from home, but I know I'd ne never get anything done. You very well might not. But those yeah. of us that do work from home manage to make it happen, you know, and, and it might not look like hard work in the terms of like, I'm getting up at, you know, 7am and I'm punching a clock and I'm leaving at three o'clock and I'm punching another clock. It might not yeah. look like that, but it's like, there are people who make it work for what they want to do. I, I just yeah. thought this whole thing was interesting. I'm glad. Thank you to all the listeners that had submitted this because I do, I really think that this was a good conversation. Um, it was a great perspective from Ish. I did mention, I do want to try to get Ish on the show. Um, I have always wanted to have Ish Monroe on the show and this is a perfect opportunity to just kind of piggyback off of this article he put together the the first bass i ever caught on an artificial bait it was an ish monroe river to sea big papa crankbait square bill 
the first one and i was like yeah. this is fucking awesome i'm like this is this is a game changer next cast lost it so you know that's how it happens <laughs> um are you guys ready to talk a little bit of bullshit in florida yeah let's do it let's man. fucking end <laughs> I'm just going to dive into this and then we can have a conversation. Uh, Authorities still looking for a Florida man who entered a Bass Pro Shops with a net, removed a 50-pound tarpon from a fish pond, and walked out of the store with it. A customer videotaped the man carrying the net with a wiggling tarpon as he left the store, and it was shared with Lee County Sheriff's Office, which posted it on its Facebook page. The incident occurred at the store on Gulf Drive Center in Fort Myers the night of December the 20th, but the suspect has yet to be identified. Right now, our Criminal Investigations Division is is working to follow leads in the case, said Sergeant Sarah Rodriguez. Uh, let's see, what do we have here? It says, Southwest Florida Crime Stoppers is offering a cash reward for anyone who can identify the thief. Yesterday evening, a male suspect entered a Bass Pro Shops in Gulf Coast Town, uh, in, in Gulf Coast Town Center with a fishnet in hand, proceeded to remove a live tarpon from the store's indoor fish pond. The Lee County Sheriff's Office stated the suspect then fled the store with said tarpon. Uh, South District detectives are working with our animal cruelty task force uh, my fwc florida fish and wildlife and swfl crime stoppers in an attempt to locate the individuals involved if you have any information uh, on this incident or the suspect please quote drop a line to the swfl crime stoppers at 1-800-780-TIPS or online at southwest florida crime stoppers.com you may also call the information uh, directly into lcso at 239-477-1000. What the fuck is going on at Bass Pro Shops? And and I'm not surprised that this happened in Florida. But wow. No. <laughs> I The one thing that, like, maybe this is just old school me, and I think you guys would have done the same exact thing. If I was that fucking customer seeing this happen, yep. that motherfucker wouldn't, wouldn't have walked the out. store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would not have let him walk out no of the store. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that just goes, that's just, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. We could have a whole nother show on, but, but yeah, it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why? I, I, I guess I want, just want to know why. Yeah. You like, know, what, what did you gain? I mean, it, a 50 pound tarpon. Yeah it, yeah. it doesn't. I mean, I wonder if that's what it is. If he's going for a record and he's like, oh, I got a 50 pound tarpon. Look at that. Some kind of a record, you know, or he's just going. Uh, I don't know. You, you a, go down. There's certain parts of Florida. You fucking can catch those like we catch bluegill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I. I yeah, I just don't I, I just don't get people like. Was it, were there people filming? Was it going to be a social media stunt? That is the thing. I noticed they didn't mention any of that in there. Yeah. And I feel like they would have if they were like, oh, somebody was recording it. Because they probably would have nabbed that person to go, what the fuck right. is going on? Right. Uh, the only thing I can think of, maybe it was, and they realized how much heat there was. So like, oh, maybe we shouldn't post this. Or, oh, maybe. I, they don't. Or they don't want copycats, like just like pro wrestling. And there's yeah. constantly idiots running into the ring or trying to fight people, and yeah. usually they get their asses kicked. But they don't. If if you'll notice, if it happens on live TV, they'll shift the cameras away, so you don't. You know, nobody gets any other ideas. Yeah. Right, you know, right, right. I don't know, but this seems to be a trend now with 
people either jumping into the tank. Now it's stealing a fish. That's insane. And I feel like even worse because that last conversation we had about the jumping in the tank, um, I forget which one of you guys had mentioned how how Bass Pro does like a rehab license or something to be able to like yeah. rehabilitate these yep. fish. So yep. that fish was probably maybe who knows not the healthiest it could have been. Right, this might have killed him. You know, yeah. I mean, who knows if 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 he managed to get it into any any water? Yeah, it, it, it's fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> here's the trend. It's always these fucking young kids, man. Like. Some of these young kids are just yep. fucking dummies. Like it's just the the just the culture of our society is just much different. I mean, you guys are even older than me, but I mean, yeah, it's oh, just yeah. it's different, man. It's different. Dude, we're we're sitting here smiling and going, yeah, it's pretty ballsy, and you know, all in all, like compared to some of the shit we used to do, this is pretty tame. Yeah, I mean, we did some stupid shit when we were growing up. That's true. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to give any ideas or yeah, you know. And I don't know what the statute of limitations are. Exactly. Another another (laughs) point. Exactly. Another good point. (laughs) Um, No, you're right. So actually, Sean, you're right. That kind of changes my my perspective of it a little bit. But I mean, what was the one thing that we fucking that wasn't always going when we were doing this shit was fucking videos. Yeah. Yeah. And you, phones. Yeah. And I had that conversation with somebody this week at trivia. I was just like, I'm so glad I will. I, I grew up in a time where there weren't cameras everywhere. I'm like, yeah. because I guarantee you, I would have gotten in some very much yeah. more significant trouble if there yeah. were, you know? And it's yeah. like, you know, I, f- I feel for these kids that have a camera always at their access all the time where they can record anything. And, you know, I, you know, it's when I looked at this story at the beginning, I thought immediately one of two things. I thought, that okay, so maybe this is like some like animal rights activist. Like I need to free this, this, this fish. It's, it's yeah. this majestic 50 pound tarpon. I'm going to go and, and release this. And hey, maybe that's what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe yep. that was the goal. Although... I feel like, and it doesn't mean that there aren't outliers. For the most part, I would feel like if somebody was going to do this, they're going to be vocal about it to try to get the attention, you know, about what it is that they're doing. So I think you would probably see people in there with signs or T-shirts or something doing Peter. this. To, yes, to prove some kind of a point. Um, but, that you know, again, that doesn't mean that there aren't outliers that aren't just going to be like, I'm going to go and do whatever. And, and it is what it is. And then the other end of it was exactly like you guys just said, like, was it for like social media, something that somebody was trying to be funny? Like, this is what I did at Bass Pro because, you know, jumping in the tank wasn't enough. Let's go ahead and hijack one of these fish. And then I also thought about the animal rights activists, like if they're looking into the 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 reason why these fish are there for that whole rehab possibility, maybe they're like, okay, maybe we fucking don't do this, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's it, what I'm like, thinking. Like, do, do animal rights activists have a fucking level head and make it? <laughs> who knows? It, it, stranger things have happened. So I'm I'm looking at this, uh, Bobby. I'm actually watching the video right now mm-hmm. as we speak. Just to try, I, I, I just number one. There's so many fucking people around that are letting this fucking happen. Oh yeah, it's crazy. But here, here's the thing. Like I'm looking at this guy's mannerisms after just talking about what you just said. Yeah, and he's not like laughing or smiling or anything like that. So like, I, I that's kind of like what I would have expected if. Oh yeah. If someone who's just doing a stunt, so maybe you're right. Maybe there's some kind of fucking activist or weird. 
was so weird. But yeah, fuck that guy, man. You know, yeah, fuck, you know, it, it, fuck that at, guy. At the end of the day, fuck that guy. Yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what you guys came to see. Fuck that guy. Yep. Wow, that is fucking redonk. I can't fuck those other people for letting them fucking walk out. Yeah, there's fucking 40 people sitting there. He passed watching them like fuck you guys, too. (sighs) Well, look, you know what? I'm not going to fault anybody who watched it. And honestly, if you're recording it, that could that's providing evidence. Right. Yeah, yeah, there is value there. If if this motherfucker is crazy enough to jump into a tank and grab a 50 pound tarpon. What weapons does he have on him? Yeah. Well, you don't know. Yep. I'm leaving that alone. And it's Florida. That, yeah. that dude might have a pickaxe in his pocket. You don't know. Do you want a pickaxe in you? I don't. I'll take the video and give it to the police. Say, here's a, here's a video of the crazy motherfucker that jumped in the tarpon tank. I was out on that. Thanks. <laughs> that is not my job. I That's above my pay grade. Yeah. I'm a little, uh, yeah. I, I think I, I'm a little bit different there. I think like you better, you better hope you're fucking, I don't, whatever weapon you have is you better be a fucking better shot than I am. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you better not bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! Oh. This fucking show is amazing. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> oh. gentlemen. That uh, that's going to do it for our first segment right here. And I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners are like, "But Bobby, we just did FTG, and it's still segment one." Yeah, it is. Uh, we're going to have a two segmenter this week. Uh, I do have uh, actually two guests on deck to record an interview today. So we will have a mystery guest. <laughs> For the next segment, I will tell you this. It's either going to be Art from Fish Daddy 401 or Alec Plotnikevich, uh, a local absolute hammer. Uh, and we're just looking to have a conversation really about goals for 2024 because, you know, it is the new year. Uh, and we're going to obviously be talking about all this stuff as we go through the month of January. But uh, we will see you guys with more after this interview. Uh, don't go too far, guys. More Jigs and Bigs coming up right after this. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form podcast content. We need to thank Dark Horse Tackle, Omnia Fishing, A Bay Lure, The Bay House, and The Ship Motel. We can't forget about Three Bells Outfitters, Torres Sunglasses, and of course, Reaction Tackle. Be sure to check the description of this podcast for any associated affiliate links or promo codes they've generously provided our listening audience. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Thanks. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one with the impeccable taste in fishing podcasts. Bobby Roast Beef here with a little call to action for all Jigs and Bigs listeners. We're opening up our hotline to you. Now you can call us to sound off about almost anything at 413-324-8519. Want to submit someone for our FTG segment? Call us at 413-324-8519. Care to maybe suggest a topic for just the tip or bait of the week? Call us at 413-324-8519. 
Maybe you just want to give us or anyone else a little shout out on the show, or you want to suggest a guest for the beef seat. You guessed it. Call us at 413-324-8519. The Jigs and Bigs hotline is there for you to leave a message with us 24-7. Just call 413-324-8519. Also, you can check that number in the notes of this podcast. I knew, I told you that we were going to be back and we were going to have a guest and we do. Guys, we've got Arthur Slater. You know him better as Fish Daddy 401. He is my soprano superfan counterpart from Rhode Island. And uh, I'll tell you what, there is nobody that I trust more in the world of soft plastics and cured meats than it's this man right here. Art, how you doing, buddy? How's things? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Nice to uh, nice to see you and hear from you. Um yeah, we had a good Christmas and good. getting ready for New Year, but yeah, everything going well. Yep. Yeah, this is, we should, uh, full disclosure, this show is going to air a year after it b- was recorded. <laughs> Even better. So Even better. Merry Christmas uh, 24 to everyone, and we're welcoming a new uh, there you go. 2025. Yeah. No, no, so we're recording this on the Saturday before New Year's I Eve, know. so we've yeah. got, uh, you guys are you know, listening to this, it's already 2024, so, you know, we're, we'll are we probably close the show with uh, Aug Lang Syne or something like that, just to make it kind of fit and appropriately. You guys haven't heard enough of that song by this point, I'm sure. Well, that's a, it's a funny thing you bring up that song, because I'm up here in the We'll call it podcast studio. My wife and mm-hmm. I own a uh, dance studio. Um, oh, it's right. Rose Artistry. It's in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Yep. And we closed out the this year's recital with that song. So oh, yeah. Even more appropriate. Yeah. No, that makes makes make total sense. It's, it's it's very very fitting. I didn't realize that you guys were in the dance game. I come from a family that's in the dance game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, my wife's been involved in dance for years. Yeah. Um, just recently in August. Um, We'll say purchase took over a uh, mm-hmm. a dance studio, so we've got I don't know two hundred and twenty, two hundred and thirty kids, and holy shit! So I assume yeah. your lives have been flipped completely upside down <laughs> by because the, the dance studio has that way of uh, working its way into your your lifestyle. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's. <laughs> It does. It takes over. It's. I mean, and I'm very happy for it too. It's oh just yeah, absolutely. If if you're a dance parent out there, being a dance studio owner and parent, like not only Insanity. do my kids dance here, yep. it's. I'm not gonna say they're all my kids, but I want to see everybody do good, and it's like exactly. that. Like it's a. It becomes a big family. That's awesome, man. It's 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 nuts. <laughs> my kids both. My my kids both dance, and uh, actually one of them got a pretty rough injury. She just had ACL surgery. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm out for this year. Uh, I'm probably going to be back in a year. We'll see what happens. But wild stuff, man. So let's talk. Um, You are uh, you've been in the bait making game for now for a hot minute. Uh, the kids might say. Yeah, it's um, been a little bit, a few years. Yeah, you've been at it for, for a while. You do something that's really cool that I like where folks can sample a wide variety of your baits by purchasing those like multi-boxes, which yeah. is which is an awesome way to kind of like check all this stuff out. What's changed since the last time that we talked? Like, get us up to speed. So I haven't been putting as much on the website. I still have been mm-hmm. making baits, but more... Um, I guess you could say kind of like custom orders, people through messages and that kind of stuff. So I haven't been pushing it as much and loading Mm -hmm. up the website. I just haven't had the time to go out and pour 
Like, I don't want to put two boxes on the website. When yeah, I load exactly. up that, I want to put a dozen. I want to put 20 of yep. them. So that takes a lot of time. That's if I pour two or three sets a night. You know what I mean? I'm looking at a good mm-hmm. amount of time, a good amount of plastic to go through, doing all the eyes and that stuff. So yep. instead, I'll pour I'll pour baits here and there. Somebody will send me a DM. Hey, can I get a set in all black or whatever it might be? Yeah. And I, and I put that together for them. So I haven't been as active and pushing it as much on social media, but um, I'm hoping that changes with 24. I'm planning to do like at least put a box a week up, something like there that. Um, so there's stuff available for people to purchase. So might be a little bit slower feeding the website, but yep. or keep an eye on Instagram and I'll sell them through there. That's pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome, man. Um, I, I do want now we obviously we started we, we kind of came to the 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 discussion of doing this. I, I wanted to kind of put the focus this time of year, like most like podcasts, live streamers, what they're going to do is talk goals. Like, what do we have to look forward to 2024? And I had thrown this out on our on uh, the Jigs and Bigs in Instagram story, specifically asking, like, if you've got some goals that you're like looking to work on and kind of dial in for the the upcoming season. Um, for those of us that are in the north, like, yeah, things get really slow up here. Um, even if you're able to go and get them. Actually, I got a buddy of mine, Eric. Big uh, round of applause for him. My boy, he caught, I, I want to say it was either like a 28 or a 30-inch pike and a five-pound largemouth yesterday in the Connecticut oh, River. Yeah, he was like, what a day, man. He's like, they are just chewing. The weather that we've had this entire week has been crazy. Um, yeah. But it's been super fishy weather. I just wish I had the time to get out and fish. But, you know, so we're talking, we're talking, you know, up north, things get, it gets slow. Like, you celebrate fish like that, you know, when it's December. Oh, yeah. You know, you're closing in on January. You're like, yeah, that's a really good day. A lot of other friends of mine that have been out on the water, you know, they get out and they're like, yeah, I managed to hook into a smallie. Cool, you know? And that, which is really, that's better than you can ask for. Cause I've been out, you know, usually once a week now. And most times I'm looking at the best thing I'm going to get is lunch. You know, that's the best thing, you know, I I think my last time around too, I said this and my mentality has changed over the past, say year and a half, two years where I'm fishing, not for quantity, I've said it a million times. You can always throw the green pumpkin Senko on, yeah. wacky rig, throw it out there, grab a pound bass, easy. It's more, I want to catch a fish on this particular bait. So yeah. going out and spending, if I only get a few hours at the end of the day, maybe after work, two, three hours, even if I get skunked, but I'm throwing something yeah. custom and I really want to learn how to fish it, yep. learn the intricacies of that bait, how it fishes, how to really get the action I want out of it. That's kind of what I've been doing more recently. So if I go out and I learn that bait, that's is as valuable to me as catching that little one pound bass. So now I really know how to work that, what applications I can I can put that bait into. Yep. Yep. Um, so I don't mind as long as I'm out there and, and putting in the work, then I'm happy. That's what I love, man. You and I have a similar sort of mentality when it comes to that, but like getting out there and learning more about either the tactics that I'm trying or, or where I'm not as experienced or, or learning um, a new body of water, whatever it might be, putting something in there that I can kind of like tinker with and fool around with. It's, it's always, there's value in there. You know, can it be frustrating at times when you're like, yeah, I'm not catching it. I'm not getting any bites, but you know, you got to make the best out of what you've got out there. And to me, that can almost be is valuable. Like I'm, I'm the same thing. I'm a big fish guy. I, I get the most joy out of catching 
uh, larger fish. And if I'm if I'm catching multiples, that is even better. I've had a couple of days where I've had like a couple of 19s and I'm like, holy shit, that's great. But, you know, I think for those other times, like I'm completely okay with, you know, I want I'm looking to get bit on this bait. Let's figure it out. Let's learn a little bit more, you know, which is I, again, like that's part of the reason why I don't really fish competitively a whole lot aside from the multi-species stuff, because the multi-species stuff actually, believe it or not, does let me fuck around more than uh, I I really could if I was just doing a, a, a straight up, you know, typical bass tournament. Um Let's talk goals for 2024, Art. Let's find out what do you have on tap, stuff that you were are shooting to accomplish or like or 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 hoping to check off of your checklist. Uh, I think that this coming season is going to be the year I fish a lot more of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't like fishing my own stuff. Yep. In the bait maker world. I've got a lot of friends that make baits. I mean, I could rattle off 20 names. Mm. If anybody's ever looking for anything, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Like, Hey, I'm looking for somebody who makes a nice, whatever type bait or some musky baits or a hard bait or whatever it might be. I can easily recommend half a dozen people. Yep. Um, so I'd like to throw more of my own stuff. So the, like I was saying the past few years, it's been, I want to catch something on my buddy Hashimoto. He's got a nice Tonto three piece. Yep. Um, resin wake bait i want to catch something on that that's what i've done previously yeah now it's all right maybe i'm going to throw some more of my own stuff and i've always been happy to catch stuff on things my friends have made more than the things that i've made yep Uh, maybe that's just me but i want to be like hey look this is the bait you sent me look at this fish i caught on it like oh yeah get excited about that um so i think this year i'm going to throw a little bit more of my own stuff um really put those baits through there through their paces it's funny man because i especially like i feel the same way like when I'm fishing like the the new stuff that comes in a dark horse box, you know, something like that, it's brand new. And I'm like, Holy crap, this is amazing. You know, this is one presentation that I'm just like, this is awesome. You know? And it, it, there's a, it's a different sort of like response that I get from when I'm fishing stuff that I've always fished. That's like, yeah, this is, this is, I'm dialing this presentation in and it's working. I like kind of fucking around a little bit. That's pretty cool though. Like fishing your own stuff, I think is, is, is a great way. And like a good way to kind of like really dive into your preferred baits, your preferred presentations. And also like learn a little bit more. Like I would, I would assume that you're probably going to see some growth in the product line, you know? I, I would think so. Maybe yeah. a little bit different. Uh can mess around with different types of plastisol, softer, yep. harder stuff. Um, maybe using sinking additives in particular baits mm-hmm. to get them if you want to like bottom bump. So big baits yeah. with big um, weighted owner beast like uh, swim mm-hmm. bait hooks, drag them along the bottom, that kind of stuff. Yep. You can use different rigging methods too. I've got a buddy, Creek Piker Lures. He does a lot of that Euro rigging oh, yeah. uh, type thing. Use steel leaders and barrel swivels and yep. all kinds of stuff. And you can do like top rig treble hooks and a few fancy things like that. Um, so yeah, so between different rigging methods and really trying to do all you can with a particular I say a particular bait, but more a particular mold. So mm-hmm. I can take one mold, pour that a few different ways, and yep. try and um, fish it in multiple applications. That's awesome. Now, what about uh, like different techniques? Are there any technique specific presentations that you're going to try in 2024? <sighs> Not, nothing too crazy that I can think of. Um, I mean, a lot of guys will throw it. Oh, I want to drop shot more, Carolina rig more. Yep. I, I'm not going to throw a drop shot. I'm not going <laughs> to. I don't think I threw. I don't think I threw a wacky rig all of last year. I didn't throw a Ned rig all of last year. I, I just don't yeah. fish that 
type that that method. Um, so maybe just more ways to fish and rig larger plastics is kind of gotcha the, the main part of that. Gotcha. It's funny, man. Like this year, like I've I've always tried every year to kind of focus on bringing something into the fold. Um, I had considered what was it was I think it was actually last December. I had uh, fly fished for the first time, and I was like, this could be kind of cool. Like I'd kind of like to fool around with this a little bit. Uh, you know, I it was an epic fail on my part. I really didn't do anything with it. I will tell you what, though, this year has brought to me, it made it very abundantly clear that there is something that I need to kind of hone in on. Um, and it was really 100% due to the multi-species tournament series that we had been running. I had been throwing a ton of finesse gear to catch a yeah. wide variety of species. And like when I go out, typically I have two spinning combos that I bring with me. Um, I have a third that's a, it's a seven foot medium head but it, like it almost never gets used it's such a a rando kind of thing i have a seven foot medium fat extra fast and a seven three medium light extra fast um that seven three one i like to try to keep that's my drop shot combo so i like to keep it tied up with a drop shot all the time because there are times where like hey that drop shot's going to be what's going to get bit you know but there's nothing worse than having the beat when you're especially out on the kayak having to retie and rig that up i'd rather have that dedicated there um i've been throwing a lot of live moving baits uh live light moving baits and okay. you know being an, an older man i am starting to get to the point where like holding a spinning rod and you know, either working a jerk bait or like, you know, casting and retrieving just nonstop. Like I got to change up the grip. I got to change that up. Like there's a carpal tunnel thing or something that it's irritating. I can see that. Like if I go out for like eight hours and it's just, I'm going to feel it that next day, like in my wrist, I'm going to be like, geez, that's crazy. So this year for me, the move is BFS and I'm like, let's go ahead and fool around. So, and it's funny, we had mentioned right before we started recording um, that uh, I had uh, Jeff and Paul from Aggressively Average Anglers on. <laughs> and in the show, like they made, they put out a video actually that had, uh, that had kind of sent me in a direction of where I should start as far as real. And then like they opened up the world of what I should be looking at for different rods. And on that segment, Paul had actually suggested the Shimano Majestic XT and I pulled the trigger on it where it's, it's, nice. it's game on. So I'm stoked. Um, this is cool because now like a lot of those really, really tiny, like super, like, th like under three inch swim baits on like ridiculously light jig heads, the beetle spins, the light inline spinners, things like that. Now I can throw and, you know, cover water. And if I'm, if I happen to get bit, well, then I can throw that drop shot or that net or that weightless plastic in there and kind of dial it in. So I'm stoked. I'm really, really looking forward to that. That for me is a big 2024 goal is BFS just in general. And it's nice. That rod is a six, eight rod. So that is, that would be the one that I would take with me for like just a short Creek send, you know, getting yeah, in the water. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like be able Keep to that handy at all times. flip that right in anywhere. Like, so pretty versatile little setup. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm thinking I'm going to do a four pound fluoro on that reel. Uh, for the most part, I thought about doing braid to fluoro leader, which is fine. I, I would do that as yeah. well, but I, I don't necessarily know that I need to. And I don't know how much top water I'm going to be throwing. So you know, we'll figure it out. Nice. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I thought BFS meant big F and swim baits, but big F and swim baits. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny, man. Cause I love like going to extremes like that. When the bite gets tough, I, I genuinely believe that like if you upsize or downsize, you can get bit. You know, like 
you change it up, you know, that, that conventional, like four inch window can be a little bit tricky. You start kind of playing around with that. And, and like, it's, it's crazy when it was, it was Chrissy fishing that had got me started throwing beetle spins. And I'm yeah. like, these are amazing. Like these are gen like genuinely amazing. Everything eats them, you know, and uh, it's, it's just, just the, just the right presentation. I got to modify mine a little bit, but that's my little I like secret. throwing some like I like throwing some old school stuff too. Like I'll go to the, mm -hmm. the jitterbug is still one of my standby yeah. like nighttime fishing baits, like yep. the jitterbug spooks, the hula poppers, like even some some of the older lures that you don't see as much. I mean, yeah. Like you said, you're an older gentleman. I'm not uh calling out how old anybody <laughs> is, but a lot of the a lot of the younger guys, and not to pick on anybody calling them Googans, but like that Googan crew, none of those guys are throwing jitterbugs. Oh, like no. They're throwing the, the new latest and greatest, the revolver or this or the yep. whopper. Like, go throw something old school. Throw yeah. like a head and crazy crow, like something that nobody's seen in a while. Yeah. Mix the it up. Sputter buzz or something like that. That I don't know. I like that old school stuff. And you had mentioned you just picked up a reel. I'm sitting here playing with a, uh, I just grabbed Alexa. I uh, can't see the box, but I'm grabbing a, uh, playing with Alexa 300. I just picked up for a, uh, mm. The swim bait um rod nice nice that's yeah. awesome what uh what do you what, do you, what what's the rod you're putting that on uh it's on an f5 ghost code i believe uh-huh um i could get you the specs on i think it's rated two to six ounce nice um so it might be a mix of that's i've got a few dedicated rods yep um particular things but this will be like kind of a mixed use um <laughs> heavier bait rod throw yeah. stuff around that three or four ounce range yeah that um, big big some number of the, some of the bigger plastics i have and maybe some of the smaller big swim baits i have what uh what speed reel are you are you using for for that on that i've been so that's another thing too i've been trying to go slower this is a six three to one yeah that's, um, i think i need to make that move some guys I, i've got a buddy who fishes big swim baits and he throws uh a revo rocket all the time mm -hmm. and I think that's like a 10 something to one oh. high nines or a 10 to one. Wow. That's really but fast. He feels confident to slow down and fish that much slower. Yeah. I have a hard time fishing. A, I have a hard time fishing a fast reel slow. Yeah. See, I have an easier time with that. I, I can, I can reel a slower reel faster. I mean, yep. you're not going to, I don't think you're going to lose fish because of the speed necessarily, no. but it's, I think it's a lot harder where, especially when you're grinding during the summer and you're throwing stuff over and over again, yeah. you start to really speed up. Yeah. If that reel is faster than you necessarily need it to be, now you're faster than you need to be. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times you just want to slow it down and you have a hard time doing that when you're, I have a hard time doing that when I'm just grinding. If that, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. Cause that's the thing. I, I think that there's, there's a certain, especially when it comes to like, there's obviously some givens that like lower, lower uh, gear ratio reels have more torque, you know, yeah. um, which that's just going to come with the territory. I have a, on my swim bait combo, uh, I have a, is it uh, a concept? A, is it an A2? A2, A3. It might be an A3, A3 actually. A3 is a pretty big reel. Yeah, that's the one. It's a, it's the it's the A3. And on there, I'm using, because that, that one actually comes with the two handles. It's got the standard, like, dual handle, and then it's got the power cranking handle, which is a yeah. little bit longer. And so, I mean, that's going to make that reel that, that much faster, you know, as far as moving it. So, I've got the standard handle on it right now. 
And uh, I've been, uh, I've, I've noticed that like I'll throw like an S waiver and it is nice because I can just kind of click that reel, like just give like a quick, not even a quarter turn and I'll get really, really yep. good reaction. So I like it in terms of that, but I'm like, I, I always have in the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe I should get like a six speed and just see how that goes and make a difference. Cause I do when I carry, I might carry five or six combos with me while I'm on the water, but I have another oh, three yeah. or four reels that I can swap yeah. out if need be for whatever. Like this one's got mono and I'll throw such and such. I do this often with my 610 medium heavy. I'll use it. I have one reel that's got some, you know, some floral on there that I'll use for suspending jerks and things like that. Like that's what's on there now. But in the yep. summer, I have a, uh, a, a, a reel with mono that I'll throw for uh, top water baits, ploppers yep. and spooks and stuff like that. Yep. This particular one is Alexa. It's Alexa 300 uh, Daiwa. But it's the WN series, so I don't know mm. you can tell. It's got you know, it's got the wind grips on the knob there. Oh yeah, so it's got nice textured grips. Yeah, but it's also a bigger handle. Like it's a pretty good size. Yeah, one ten or so. But it's a, it's a nice. I mean, if somebody's looking to get into throwing big swim baits, the, these are fantastic. Yeah, one hundred forty bucks on clearance. That's it. Oh, that's pretty good, man. There was two change regular, so I said that's tough to. Not pick one up. You say that, and I'm thinking, well, maybe we'll make this. Maybe we'll shift around. We'll see. Maybe we'll fuck around this year and find out. Fuck. Maybe it'll just be. I'll take two rods, a giant swim bait, and BFS. That's it. No middle ground. Maybe it's no I'll middle go, ground 2024. I'll go out with one combo. That's it. If I want to fish something, because mm. I know if I have something else in the boat, I'll probably throw it. I'll rig something up, one yeah. combo, go out in the boat. And that's it. This is what I'm fishing for. The, I don't have the option to fish something else. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm throwing. Yeah. I, I've I've often, done, like, especially in the kayak, I can't do that. I'm like, I got to, yeah. you know, unless I know, like, I've fished earlier and I'm like, this is the kind of bite. I'm like, Ugh. and you know what else messes it up for me is the multi-species tournaments. Because I'm like, I'll have a checklist of different shit. So I'm like, yeah. I, I got to be able to throw something that trout are going to eat, you know, I throw the other ones are in the car too. So it's not like it's that's that far yeah, there you go. The car, go grab something else. I didn't leave them at home. I just left them in the car. You're you're on the boat and you're like, mistakes were made. Let's go back to the ramp. <laughs> we'll change this out. Still one combo, but we're, we're going to yeah, go ahead and make is, it happen. This, now this is the one I'm using. Yeah, no, no, no. I love that, man. That's awesome. Um, as far as uh, you have any species that you're going to target this year that you haven't in the, in the past, something that you would like to catch. Um, pike could be good. We, we don't fish a lot of pike waters. Actually, mm -hmm. this we did something this past season too, a little bit different. We fished yep. mostly one body of water the whole season, just went out. Yeah, every time we went, my brother in law and I fish mostly to pretty much. Um, when we when I go out, it's with him. Uh, there's a local pond near me that's five minutes from the house that I'll fish like after work and yep. a few nights here and there. Um, but it often gets hit with that like blue green algae bloom and oh, shut down. That yeah. can be a pain. Yeah. Um, so there's one spot my brother in law and I fish, and we fished every inch of that pond. Like mm -hmm. really learned that pond. All right, here's here's a deep spot here. Here's a wall, or here's a little drop off, or yep. that kind of. So fishing one body of water um, was interesting. I don't know if we're gonna do the same thing this year. Probably switch it up a little more, but yeah. probably still that same spot quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I mean it, nothing, nothing too crazy for this year, but 
if trying to think if there's anything else I really want to dial in, but you said species. Yeah. I'd like to get a few, a few good pike in the boat. If, if you have, so that, that's, I think the key right there, when we do the multi-species stuff, I, I try to explain to people, as long as you're fishing different bodies of water, the only thing that you have to do to change your mindset is just know that that species is in there that you're looking for. Then yeah. just go fishing. Like, you know, whatever you catch. Cause like I've had lots of days where I'm just, I'm just killing them, but they're just species that don't count for the tournament, but I'm still having a blast. You know, I'm just, I'm out there trying to just got to put yourself in that area. But I'll tell you, there's one body of water out our way. It's up the shears. You want to get on some pike. There is a great pike population that's in here. Hyper aggressive. Um, I caught my first pike this year. There, I caught a second pike. I hooked into two that I had lost that were larger, like really good size pike. Um, one of these, I lost them right at the boat, like hooked onto a, a tiny finesse jig. Um, I was targeting smallmouth that were in that area. Big pike happened to grab this finesse jig, bring me into the weeds. It was intense. Like this probably went... 36, 38 inches, something oh, like that. Right. This was a big pike. Um, it was definitely longer than my my uh, catch board, like definitely by a good amount. Oh, I mean, right. It's huge. And uh, I was, I wish I could have got him in the net. I was, I went to go grab the net and, and he just broke off right there. It just took off. So I've told people, if you catch a big pike with a Giltec green pumpkin uh, finesse jig with a uh, 2.8 inch Kitek, in its mouth, that's mine, and I would I would like it back. You know, if, excellent. Yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, but yo, no, you should come up this way, man, and we'll we'll go ahead because there's there's a couple of areas that have produced, and what I've noticed, and and this was was Sean pointed it out to me. He goes, he's like, I'm starting to see that when you get uh, a body of water that has a, a a big aggressive population of pike, that all of the other species are that much more aggressive. So like the smallies are just like they will just. Like I've caught smallies in some deep water up against some rocks, and they will just dog the hell out of you. It is great survival of the fittest. Oh, they need to. I yeah, mean, they're not going to make it if they're not going to if they're not going to uh, be aggressive and actually attack yeah. the bait and go out and eat. They've yeah. got to be aggressive, and 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 it just kind of bigger fish too. I assume. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And it's it's such a great body of water. I love it. It's it's definitely a, a ride, but we should we should make that happen. Go out, big ass fucking swim baits, some fucking giant bike, or or tiny tiny little finesse gear. You know, the smallest thing I throw is probably the one point seven inch uh, epic prey bait, and my buddy bait and tackle. Yep, um, you can find him on Instagram. Makes these really nice um, underspin uh, jig heads for him. Oh, nice! And that's my. I've got like a five and a half foot little spinning combo. Yep. That's what's tied on. The only thing that changes is either I'm also boring with my colors too. Like I make yep. every color in the rainbow. You sure? I fish black or white. I, that's it. Oh, really? That's, yeah. I don't, well, I made like maybe something in between gotcha. here and there, but if I'm making stuff for myself, it's black or white. Like if yeah. it's dirt, dark, dirty, murky water, I'm going to throw black. If it's a little bit clearer water, I'll throw a pearl white. Yep. Maybe like a smoke kind of silver in between. Sure. But yeah, yeah. you're that's, not throwing green pumpkins or June bugs or anything like that necessarily for yourself. I also, I also don't throw a ton of like, like that's one of the things I want to change this coming season. But I also mm. don't throw a ton of plastics, even though oh, I make yeah. them. Yeah. I throw a lot of big swim bait. So yeah. that's, that's no, that makes sense. kind of where my focus is. Um, yeah, so I keep a small, smaller bait around, too. That 1.7 will catch anything. Like oh, it'll yeah. It'll catch bluegill. It'll catch perch. I've caught big bass on them, three and a half, four-pound largemouth, and a little 1.7-inch 
little paddle tail. Is that? Yeah, I think that actually in that box that I picked up from you, I think there you probably were some have some of those, of those in there. there. Yeah, I think so. And I've used those. I've actually drop shotted with them, and they've caught yeah, me sure. some big smallies, <laughs> like yeah. the suit, the tiniest little drop shot hook, like the the tiny little mosquito hooks, and yep. just like oh yeah, they're they're great. Actually, that'd probably be a really good trout presentation too. Yeah, so you guys catch trout on them, all kinds of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's That's pretty a good. Like multi species, and you see when you go out for multi species, yep, you have not an obligation, but I guess you have an obligation to try and catch a species that's on your list. When you're yeah. in a tournament, when you're doing that, you're, you're obligated to try and target that. Yep. I, the only obligation I've had is to myself, to whatever my goal is for that trip. Yeah, exactly. Do I catch something? Do I want to learn this bait? Like, all right, you know what? Had a rough time last time, only a few bites, whatever. All right. I want to catch some fish this time. Maybe I go down a size on a bait. Maybe yeah. I try and do something that I know is a little bit more, like I've got baits that um, one of my favorite baits to fish, uh, my buddy Papa Red out in uh, yep. his Chicago area. He makes a wake mouse. It's about three and a half inches, three inches or so. Okay. A little two piece mouse with a lip on it. Just a little wake mouse. Yep. Right on just under an ounce or so. Like that's a really effective throw at any time. Oh, if yeah. you're having a rough day, like that's a good bait to get hit on. It's top water. Like you can get it to swim down a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's a really good, that's a really good bait when for any time, but if I'm having a slow day and I want to get, get bit. Yeah. Yeah. That, cause that is, that's an ideal size. You know, it's, it's right in that wheelhouse. That's freaking great, dude. Um, what else you, what else you been going on? Anything, anything, uh, interesting, like any, uh, amazing cuisine, <laughs> nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, not, not too much going on. Nuts actually right next to, uh, right next to our dance studio. There's a new restaurant that opened up that my wife and I have been going to. Oh, that's nice. pretty good. And speaking of cuisine, my wife and I were looking at the menu for the, uh, 200th, um, episode. Yeah. So we may, uh, we're trying to work out a, somebody to take care of three, uh, Oh, crazy daughters so I gotcha. we can get up there but yeah that's a plan definitely tickets i have no idea when they're gonna gonna get pulled because they're gonna eventually i'm, I'm thinking it might be this week they're gonna okay. ask me about uh head count so I, at that point we're gonna have to pull the tickets but we just actually launched another ticket for folks that that are too far out of the area you know because as a podcast we have listeners all over the place yeah and some folks are just like i'm not in the in fact like one of these listeners is in portugal right now and won't be here for yeah. the event and i was just like yeah if you want to get in on the raffle as a way to kind of help boost things for veterans inc we've released a new ticket for a non-attending raffle winner so we're going to go through the raffle and i think this is going to be a really good raffle system because we're just going to do all the prizes and then announce all the winners of everybody and then we'll reach out to them and ship them out if they need them or hopefully they'll be there we can just give them their prize because some of this, this stuff that we have is like I know we've got some breweries and some wineries that are involved, so we've got some alcohol. I don't necessarily know about shipping all that. Um, we should probably or a kayak. be fine. Give yeah. away a kayak shipped to Portugal. <laughs> it would probably be more effective to just get in and just bring it over, just pedal across the ocean. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm going to. We'll send Sean to go do it, but you know it'll be good because we'll we'll throw him the Jigs and Bigs corporate card. He can get a bunch of authentic, you know, Portuguese chorizo, and you know it'll be great. I'm about 20 minutes from Fall River, so you're good to go. Yeah, you have <laughs> no no qualms when it comes to access to good Portuguese food. Um, it's funny you had mentioned um, j- just food too. My in-laws, they're from Rhode Island, but they were up for the holidays from from Georgia, and mm-hmm. that's one thing they always comment on when they come back up here to visit is that they miss the food. Like you oh, can't yeah. get pizza down there. You can't get 
they're Italian too. So you can't get Italian food. You no. can't get Portuguese food. You can't get this. Even Chinese food is better up here. Oh, yeah, I I agree. I agree 100%. I think the food in the Northeast, just in general, is some of the best around. I mean, like, you know, obviously you go like I, I feel like if you say like seafood or stuff like we're we're on the coast, like even where I am, like the seafood yeah. spots are dynamite. You know, when they do it right, they do it right. And like it is crazy. You get in other parts of the country and you're like, you guys call this pizza, you know? Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, there's no real bad pizza, but no. there's yeah. I mean, Cumberland Farms pizza at two in the morning, coming back from a fishing trip, still isn't bad pizza. Yeah, exactly. We've got some really good pizza. We've got some really good food around here. I mean, roast beef sandwiches. You can't oh get. We're gonna get an Italian grinder. Like, yeah, that's. You know how many people ask me? They're like, "Oh, roast beef? Do you know Bob's roast beef?" And I forget where it is. There's a bunch of places and. Yeah. I'm going to do a little tour one of these days and dive in. But yeah, I mean, in New England, roast beef, Italian food, obviously, like seafood. Um, there's so much amazing eats around here. Like, and that's part of the reason why I got into camping <laughs> is yeah. to, to freaking cook. You know, that's really what it is. I'm just like, yeah, let me go out in the woods, cook what the hell I want, you know, and just do my thing. So my, my neighbor just moved to Alabama and, he was kind of traveling lean and mean and gave me his uh, Traeger before he left. Oh, so, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I got a Traeger, five-gallon buckets, for like three or four of them full of pellets. Every Probably every seasoning, rub, brine, whatever you can oh, get from man. Cosmos. I mean, like, shout out Jason. Like, it's... The, the stuff he hooked me up with was unbelievable. That's freaking amazing, dude. There is an ad I keep seeing on instagram and it's for the ninja it's like a ninja outdoor like pizza oven yeah okay it's it's pretty slick and i was like oh, all right that's cool i think it's like it's pretty adaptable like there's a pizza oven but also like just a straight like a smoker and yeah. there is this recipe this dude makes this like this pizza with these braised oxtails all right and jalapeno and red onion and it is just, it looks out of this world. And I see, keep seeing this ad and I'm like, do I really want to buy one? <laughs> do I really, do I need one? Do I need one? That's the thing. I can braise oxtails. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily need it, but like, that's one thing I'm lacking is a smoker. It's actually, it's funny. I'm looking in, I'm in the disco dungeon. I'm looking across the basement. When we first moved into this house, my wife was like, She's like, oh, this is great. We got a backyard. You can do a bunch of barbecuing. It'll be awesome. So, like, I think it was for Christmas this year. The first Christmas we were here, she bought me a smoker. But it's an electric smoker, which yeah, uh, right. no shade on that. Like, hey, the, yeah. a Traeger is an electric smoker, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. This is, like, some old school, like, sausage making. Like, <laughs> like there's actually Big a tall cabinet. Yeah, giant metal yeah. cabinet. The problem is the exterior outlets that we have, it keeps popping the breaker on. So like everything I've made on there is fucked up. Everything popping the breaker, like the breaker itself. Is it a ground fault breaker? Yeah. Like with the little button. Oh, on no, it? no, yeah, no, so no. The actual breaker. All right, so just actually overloading. It's actually overloading it. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. I got to figure something out. And I'm debating the idea of picking up one of these like like one of those anchor batteries or jackeries the big ones yep. and what I, my thought is this if i do that and i can test it here and it works well off of a full charge i could go and smoke anywhere yeah 
you know, and and this would this would then be something I could take out for camping. It's a little bit big and bulky. I had to build the thing. It was ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable. Um, I have done some stuff like shorter run stuff. Like I've tried doing like a pork shoulder in in there. It's not ideal. It just takes too long. I ha- won't even do a brisket because I'm like uh, it's it's good, just going to be constantly flipping that breaker. It's going to suck. Chickens are pretty good. They go pretty quick. Chickens are quick. Ribs are quick. Um, And uh, I've done ribs before, and they're out of this world. I've also smoked a bunch of bullhead catfish. All right. Yeah, smoked bullhead, and I made a a dip that was out of this world. It's just dynamite. This is before I knew any better about the uh, disgusting polluted waters I fish in. (laughs) So I may (laughs) have given the family dick cancer. I don't know. You know, yeah, who knows what's in there? Yeah, I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not. I've heard maybe it's an old wives' tale or old fisherman's story or whatever. But yellow yeah. perch, if you see yellow perch, yeah, in the water, that means the water is very healthy and you should be okay. Generally, if you see yellow perch, you should be able to eat anything out of that water. Oh, I don't no know kidding, if that's true or not? I've yeah. heard, I've actually heard the same thing about rock bass that like okay. they're very sensitive to water quality. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny because there's this one body of water that I fish a lot. Actually, it's, it's funny like how your goal this last year was focusing on one body of water. I did that two years ago, and it helped me really kind of unlock this body of water. Like I really, really understand it now, and I've been doing better fishing on it than I ever have. That's which probably is, where I picked it up was listening to the show and then subconsciously like, hey, you know yeah. what? Maybe we should focus on it was, one body of water. It's it was a good 20 thing. Twenty minutes. I mean, it's not far. It's also yeah. 20 minutes from my house. Like, I'm That's not going far. I tow, I tow the boat. It's not all that crazy. But once again, I've got a wife and three daughters, too. So yep. it could be. There's a there's old joke that my wife and I have. Um, remember Dumb and Dumber? Oh, yeah. When, when uh, Lloyd, Jim Carrey, is at home and he's... Uh, freaking out and he says we got no food we got no jobs our pets heads are falling off so like that's, that's right. the that's like the bat signal if i get the where our pets heads are falling off like it's time to come right. home <laughs> i can go something's falling apart like somebody's <laughs> somebody's hands in the garbage disposal or the hamster got out or something that's yeah that's that's a pretty good code word i like that so actually you bring up a, a really interesting point i am i'm trying to have this conversation with my wife and i i think it's i think it's time for the the beef family to have a boat I really do. I don't think we're going to get into the bass boat world. I'm not looking to compete or anything like that. I'm looking for like one of these like fish and ski, deeper V, deeper hull, something where I can bring the whole family and just cruise around if that's what they want to do. But I know that's going to be rare and I know I'll be fishing out of it most of the time. What um, do you ever get your wife and kids on the boat? I like, do. Um, with with my wife's schedule being that we run a dance studio, yep. like I was saying before, with her schedule, it can be difficult. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll all go out together. Um, so I bought at the beginning of, I don't know if it was 20, I think it was 2020. Yeah, the boats are 21. We bought it, I think, yep. at the end of 20. So it's a bass, uh, tr- bass track. It's a tracker, bass yep. tracker, classic XL. 17 foot, 50 horse mercury on it. That's what um, I was looking at, actually. And they're fantastic. I, I luckily got in just before. So the year before, they were nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. It was they were always under ten grand. Yeah, was the entry point to that. I got them after the first very small price hike, um, which was sorry, it was the beginning of twenty one. I got mine. Oh, okay. And now I see the price of them, and they're outrageous. I say outrageous. It's still a great boat for the money. Yeah. But what they've gone up to in the past few years is quite a bit more than what they were. 
a few years ago. Yeah, because um, aren't they now like seventeen, eighteen, ninety nine for the most part? I've seen ads for seventeen or eighteen thousand, and then they had like a, a two thousand off special, something like that. Yeah. But still, that that's boat, a big increase. Or, like twenty twenty was ten grand, and twenty three is fifteen grand. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, you're talking a big increase. Yeah, uh, but. I love mine. I I don't use a gas motor too much because we're out. We're, we go out fishing, so I'm always on the trolling yeah. motor. Um, if anybody's looking for one of those, my suggestion would be: I don't have any problems with the trolling motor. Works well for what we do. It's a basic 45 pound thrust, like yep. foot control, 12 volt, like nothing fancy, Mincota. But I would invest in something like Spotlock, one of the fancier yeah. ones that you can control. Just do that right off the beginning. Like, get that. If you fish, I mean, that's just the way I do. I'm not fishing big lakes. I'm not going out on Lake Erie and I got to blast for two hours to get to the fishing spot. I mean, we've caught fish at the ramp. Like, put the boat in. I'm still getting stuff ready, like getting settled, and we're catching fish right off the ramp. So, yeah, I'll go three or four weeks without ever even running the gas motor. That's freaking nuts, man. Yeah, Th- that's awesome. But, and and that's the thing. Like, I, I agree with you. I think like when I was looking at that, some of the options, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to I'm going to get a, a better. Uh, what do you call it? Um, I'm going to I'm going to look. Yeah, look to get a better trolling motor so that this way I can at least fool around a little bit. It's funny. We're talking daughters and stuff. My youngest is coming over right now so I can hand over a bunch of cash so she and my <laughs> my wife can go get their nails done. There you go, kiddo. I love you too. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm actually waiting. Mine's probably going to stop by with uh, like she's looking to pick up tape for the other dance studio. Oh, there so you go. We'll see. There you we'll go. See if she pops in. It's funny though. Like you nailed it though. You really did. Like I think that that that's that's a, a reasonable upgrade to give yourself the luxury of at least spot lock, so you can dial in on a spot. You've at least got that as a tool for your arsenal. Like I don't see myself ever getting like you know forward-facing sonar on this stuff because again i'm not competitive in that way um and you know i i i have no problem my thing is i'll just wait for the price to come down and it will you know it will of course but it's just one of those things i'm not going to make that investment into it yet but uh i have been toying around the idea like my goal is the the biggest like you can definitely go out fishing with other folks in kayaks but it's a whole other beast when you go out and you're fishing with somebody on a boat, like you're really <laughs> fishing together, you know, yep. and it's it's a it's a good thing. And like one of my favorite things is bank fishing with a buddy. And I would love to be able to say like, OK, let's go get on the water. And this way I don't have to worry about does this other person have a kayak and I'm going to go fish with them, you know, or do they have the same idea that I do for where we're going to go or something like that? Because sometimes you get, get on the water and it's like you split up, you come back, you meet up again, you, you're you off in yeah. different corners and stuff like that. It's not really fishing with those people necessarily. So that's kind of my goal. I would love to get my wife into fishing because I know if I got her on the boat. First thing in the morning, got her a little sausage McMuffin from McDonald's and a couple of hash browns and a cup of coffee. She would be tickled to be on the water and actually catch fish. Oh, yeah. And that's that's a good boat to do it in. Yeah. Um, like I said, my wife and I fish on have fished on there. My brother-in-law and I fish on it regularly. Yep. We've gone out. Um, I think it's rated. So it, it's weird rating so that same hull is the pro 170 mm-hmm. model which is say significantly more but i think that boat starts closer to 20 a um, little bit different is the live well setup and the rod storage so this has like a 10 gallon live well right in front of the console 
and a little bit of storage behind the back seats. It's not as much deck space. There's more open floor space, but that's the reason I picked it. Mm -hmm. At the time, our kids were, I'm going to say, 4, 8, and 12. So having that more floor space where they can hang out was good for my family. Now that they're a little bit older and like a couple years later, I said, all right, maybe – um, a lot of guys do, and there's actually a few guys that sell a kit with all the aluminum pre-cut. Mm-hmm. The only thing you're going to do is he'll send you the templates. All you're going to do is go buy the plywood to cover it. Mm-hmm. They'll send all the I've aluminum pre-cut like, rolled up in a carpet. And if you ever look at the classic XL online, uh, perpendicular to the to the center line of the boat where that live well is, people build a little um, deck extension that just runs right across there. Yep. The guy's kit's like 150 bucks or something, 200 bucks. So you can basically build that extension and have a bigger deck. The problem, I don't want to say problems, but my one thing is when I am sitting fishing and I want to turn and get down to go do something, I always turn to the left. And when you turn, that front seat is close to the edge of that. There's nothing under your feet. So you're like jumping off the edge of the seat. Oh, if I turn to yeah. the right or if I stand up forward and then turn around, yeah, it would be perfect. So just the way I get up is it would help me out and having a little bit more storage on the boat would be fun too oh yeah i mean you know that's that's the whole thing although it's it's weird like i look at the the options for storage for some of these and i'm like coming from the you know being the fact that i generally fish uh you know from a kayak or from the bank space is always an issue so i mean anything i were to get into my perspective would be this is amazing maybe i'll run out of space maybe i'm gonna have to keep you know my my mentality a little bit different but like i don't necessarily need like rod lockers like i'm looking right now actually the tracker boat um at the uh at the tracker website and like i'm like what i might actually look into is something like this pro guide yeah like that i mean that's a bit more expensive but uh, something like that, where it's like, I think for what I would need, you know, and what I would get out of it, that would probably be something in that wheelhouse. Yeah, but, that's a fantastic boat also. Yeah, it's just, I mean, my my goal is really, like, I will kayak fish all the small ponds and everything. But something like this, I want to be able to go and fish, you know, some larger water. You know, plus also the ability to travel too. And what's nice about that, not having like a traditional bass boat deck system is I can store a lot of things in it on the trailer yep. while I'm traveling for, you know, like tents and things like that, you know, coolers. and for a trailer or for a boat, like you don't, it doesn't weigh anything like the tongue breaks yeah. away in front. It weighs nothing like I, you can muscle the trailer out one person. Like I've been in some spots where there's some tight parking and like to try and get the boat where mm-hmm. Uh, my local spot has a freshwater, like a little beach area too. And a lot of people will park in the trailer parking. Like there's double spaces to pull a trailer through, Yeah, but each people will park and block them. So sometimes you get stuck, you get to park on the side. Oh yeah. And I take it and just put your shoulder into it and you can move the trailer right up. Like, yeah. Muscle it. You over. can pick it up and move it. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and I've gotten into some skinny, skinny water with that boat. I mean, it's aluminum boat. I mean, really yeah. you can't, that's a beauty you can't hurt it. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've gotten in some in some skinny water, which has been fun. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fool around and see what we can do. Um, you know, I, I it's just it's one of those things where I think my favorite thing is to fish with other people, and it would just be infinitely easier if I had a boat. You know, to be able to just say, "Hey, I'm gonna go fish. This is what we're gonna do. Boom, done deal. Make yep. it nice and easy." Um, you yeah, know, meet me at the ramp, awesome. kind of thing. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that I, I really do. I think that if I got into something like this, I probably would have an easier time of getting my wife to come out and fish. 
Yeah, I, I, think so. I really would. I've told her before. I'm like, I will give you the big kayak. You can take my Titan and go and kayak with me and I'll be in the Ascend and do our thing and whatever. And she's like so hesitant. She's like, I won't even be able to sit in the thing. I'm going to fall out. And I'm like, you won't. Trust me. You'll be fine. I'm like, you see, you, you should see my clumsy ass getting in and out of this thing. I'm like, <laughs> it is solid as a rock. And my, my yeah. thing with kayaks, I, I never really had, not that I had a bad one, but I never really had, I didn't get into that next tier, like pedal drive and electronics and all that stuff. Yeah. So the last kayak I owned was a lifetime Teton angler. Yep. One, one ten or something. Uh-huh. It was uh, 100 or one time. I forget the exact size. Um, I just sold that this past year. I didn't use it all of 22. Yeah. And then I sold it like eh, a little bit of the ways mm-hmm. into 23. Once I got the boat, I was like, I'm not, I have You're not using it nearly like, as it's much. It's just sitting around. Yeah. So that was like the first one that had, I'm going to say like lawn chair type seating. Yeah. Not like that, in, like not just the molded into the boat seating. Yep. It actually had a somewhat comfortable seat. But four or five hours in that is still like, if you're not standing up and moving around, like that stinks. Your back and legs get kind of jammed up a oh, bit. Oh, yeah. So having the boat, like I can sit down, I'll sit like. When we're out at night fishing for hours, like I could sit right on the live well, lean back on the console, relax yep. a bit if you want to. You got yeah. room to move around. Having more room for activities is it, always a good thing. Exactly. It's funny too, because like I have, you know, when I got my first kayak, it was more of a I just need to get off the bank. And I know there's a lot of anglers that do yeah. this. And this is one of those questions that I have received. Probably it's in the like the top five questions that I get asked on Instagram in the DMs or in person, all that. I'm interested in getting a kayak. What should I get? And I tell them, I go, do you like to just go and recreationally paddle or are you more interested in taking this out to fish? And nine out of 10 times, they're like, I want to go out there and fish. And then I tell people, I go, don't waste your time getting into a paddle kayak thinking that like you need to graduate there. I go, it's, it's maybe if for a budget reason, you've got to do it. It's okay. But you're going to be, you're going to have that paddle in your lap nearly the entire time. And you're truly going to be relearning how to fish because you've got to manage the boat and be able to effectively fish. If you do yourself a favor, I think that, that putting your budget into perspective and getting a pedal kayak will give you the best fishing experience that you can get, you know? So, that's why I bought the boat. Not that yeah. I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with the kayak, but I was looking at those numbers and I said, you know, what's it going to cost me to get into a pedal drive? Yeah. And so I'm looking at probably five grand. I mean, yeah. If you're, if you're looking like top tier, yeah, absolutely. But you could get into a pedal drive for about two. So then that's kind of where I was at. It was like, Chopping around a few things, chopping around, um, looking at like a 14 foot John boat, yep. maybe with the trailer. Yes. Every bum on Facebook marketplace, nobody's got a title or documentation. So I'm not going to be able to register any of it. Yeah. So it's all garbage. Like, all right, might as well throw it out. Like, oh yeah, the boat's three years old. This, you got paperwork. Nope. All right. Then I don't even, we're not talking. Like, yeah, exactly. So looking at those and I actually called the local boat dealer. I said, what do you got for uh, John boats? He goes, I got one on a trailer right now. He goes, I order a hundred of each size. He goes every so often from yep. G, is it G3? Is that the um, G3, G2 boat, something like that? An aluminum boat maker. Yeah. It's in, they're in, uh, I'm not sure where they are in like Dakota or somewhere, like somewhere farther away. Yeah. Anyway, he orders, he said, I order 100, whatever. He goes, they sent me 40 boats this year. He goes, I can't get them. He said, I'm not trying to sell you, but if you want this one, Come down and get it now because it now, I'm yeah. not going to have it. And this is 2021, beginning of that. Everybody's yeah. out fishing. 
He said, I'm not going to have it. He said, I'm not getting more in. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So then he said, all right, maybe I get a nice pedal drive kayak, spend some money, put a fish finder on it. No, like you said, two grand, three. Yeah. And then you start adding a couple of other things. By the time you had a good life, I already had a nice life jacket too. Yeah. But I, I mean, a paddle's a hundred bucks. A good life jacket's a oh, yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. Like you start adding some stuff up, it, it goes quick. Yeah, you, you, know get, you get up to that $5,000 mark fully rigged easily. Easily. And, and so I said, yeah. I could take that sort of chunk of cash, mm-hmm. put it down on a boat. And I mean, my payment on the boat is if I sell a few boxes of baits a month, like, yeah, it, it kind of works it makes out sense. well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I had considered. I was like, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, my, my wife and kids, they ask me all the time about, or my wife primarily is like, yeah, she's like, we should definitely get a boat. She wants to get something that she can just lounge on. She would love if I would just get a pontoon boat. And I've told her, I was like, from the get go, my wife said the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I understand the appeal. I understand why she wants to do it. And, and yeah, I understand that I could realistically fish from any kind of a boat, but I, I told her, I was like, I'm not going to spend my money on something that the primary I'll be the one primarily using it and it doesn't align with the activity I'm doing. You know, if you you had, you'd have to almost think if you had how many weekends you would use it during the summer, let's say you go out 25 weekends. Yeah. All right. And you had your choice of any boat. So you get that classic XL, you can get a full on bass boat, you get a pontoon boat, whatever it might be. And you think of how many of those you take out on which trip, say, look, she comes out with you three times during the season. Yeah. Hangs out a little bit. You're going out 22 times yeah. on your own or with somebody else. Like, all right, so make that little, not sacrifice, but you're going to buy a pontoon boat to go out three times. Three times and then yep. every other time you're fishing with it, it's going to be like, oh, well, this thing kind of stinks to fish out of well, on my own if and, you go out on your own. Exactly. And on top of that, like, I want to be using it year round. I want to travel. So I'll be yeah. going down south with it. Am I going to lug a pontoon boat all the way to Lake Fork? Yeah. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not going to do yeah, that. Probably you know? not. I definitely could. It's not something that I want to do. So I, I told her, I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, that's not going to happen. It's just one of those things. I got to find like the right, the right boat, the right time. Like now is not the right time for me to even be having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good time to talk about buying a boat. It really is. God, like I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, this could be, this could be really, really good. You know, we'll, we'll you see. You could take I mean, even on the classic and the some of the other tracker aluminums, um, you could take the the back seat is only on a pedestal like that unscrews in two seconds and you've got a wide open back deck that you could easily lay out on. Oh, yeah. Like, easy. I mean, my wife does that when, when we go. She's done that when we've gone out. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 options, you know, and it's. I do. I think I think that what 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 my what my wife needs is she needs to have that experience going out on the water, like that real adventure, seeing the fog coming off the water at, at dawn. You know what I mean? Yep. Catching that early morning topwater fish. Holy shit. She needs to catch a decent fish, period. Like she, yeah. He's just, you know, um, and that's that's part of the reason, too, like why I want to get into like the BFS stuff and everything so I can have her throwing, you know, beetle spins and things like this to, to, to hook up with a variety of species and just, yeah. you know, have a blast and uh, effective baits that'll catch anything that are yeah. fun to fish. a lot of action moving baits. You don't have to 
not picking on anybody's skill, but you don't have to think about it. You don't it. have you to think. Yeah, you can chuck and retrieve. You can yep. give it to a kid. You can give it to your grandma, anybody. They can, yep. sorry, they get the concept. Throw it out there, reel it, reel it in. Reel it in. Like, it's active. Slightly to the left or right yeah. of that and keep working that area. Throw oh, yeah. it out, reel it in, like that kind of stuff. Yep. Spinner baits are great for that. Call Matt Dyer, Klondike. Oh, yeah, some dude. Spinner baits from him. Like <laughs> when, when my kids want to fish, the last thing they, I try to teach them, like, all right, throwing a jig or throwing a wacky worm, and they throw it out there. Like, all right, let it sink. And you feel it fall down. Yep. Take up your slack a little bit, pick it up, and then just take up your slack and let it fall again. Yep. Like, that kind of feel. Kids are impatient. So, anybody they totally under are. Yeah. 10, 12 years old is not going to want to do that. Throw a little spinner bait, throw something top water that they can cast out and mm-hmm. retrieve. And that's, they, they want to be always doing something. They yeah. don't have, some people um, don't have the patience for, for that stuff. So yeah, cast and retrieve baits are, are I, great. I think she would have to absolutely have a blast. I usually set her up with uh, two rods. I have a seven foot medium, heavy spinning combo. And, and I have uh, this, I bought a seven foot medium. I think it's a Fluger combo. Um, and it's just, it's super moderate. Like it's the whippiest of whippy spinning combos, spinning rods that there, that's out there. And uh, my, I bought this specifically just to have around the house for like when my kids, when one of them wants to come with me, when, you know, my wife is like, hey, I want to go out. So I give her that seven foot medium. And I usually put either uh, like a, a small, like a, an archy jig on there, or I'll give her a swim jig, sometimes just a swim jig or a chatterbait. Say a little swim jig. Yeah. And I'll throw that on for her. And then it's like, okay, so you have something that you can, that's versatile. You can throw it into stuff. Um, and then you've also got like on that, the, usually on that medium, it'll be like a wacky or a Ned, something along those lines. And, uh, and she's just one of those things where like every time we've gone out, we've been bank fishing again. And it's like, yeah. that's part of it. I think if we could make this happen, that would be, that would be the, the move. I don't know. We'll, That'll we'll be see my goal happens. for 24. Get the, get the wife in the boat. More. Get the wife in the boat. That would be, that would be a huge goal for 2024. Maybe we, when, maybe when we I started that. this, I bought her a lose mock. If it's a mock one or the mock two combo, it's uh-huh. the white. It's a mostly white with the lime green and black. Gotcha. I think that's a mock one. Yeah. Um, so I think part so. of that, she's got a Dobbins. She's got a Dobbins seven, nine, five, like seven foot. I think it's seven foot, 10, seven or seven, nine, five. So seven foot, nine. Yep. Uh, rated like one to five ounce swim bait rod with like a lose. Like she's got. Oh, no shit. My wife's got a whole collection of swim baits too. That like that's fucking ones. awesome. She's a big. My wife's a big Coca-Cola fan. Like there's Coca-Cola stuff all around the yep. studio. She's got a custom. Um, like the MS Slammer style bait, like that oh, looks like yeah. a boomstick, like yep. painted like Coca Cola lettering on it and stuff. She's got some custom stuff that I've had. That's done fucking for her awesome. Too. I have a yeah. I have an MS Slammer. I've thrown it a bunch. I haven't have actually. I say that I've often I'll, I'll switch between that and uh, uh, a Spro uh, BZ Rat. Uh, yep. the 50 or I'll throw uh, the uh, what, what the hell do you call it? Uh, Bruce Gillis from Mr. Okay. Tightlines. I, I love yep. that wake bait. It's so fucking loud. Yeah. It's like castanets. And I talk a lot of stuff about like big swim baits too. Like some of these are 100, 150 bucks. Like you don't oh, have yeah. to go crazy getting into that. Like I'm all for supporting small businesses to yeah. like go to like my lo- local shop near me, Big Bear Bait and Tackle. It's in mm-hmm. Gloucester, Rhode Island. They have my plastics, Fish Daddy 401 plastics on the shelf. They've got Matt Thayer's uh, they've got some of his hard baits, but they've got his spinner baits too. Yep. They've got Cody's custom tackle, smaller baits. So yeah, support the small bait shops, hundred percent. But my comment was that even like Dick Sports has like yeah. the Mike Bruca, like Bullshads and yep. stuff, which are he's a smaller maker that has stuff in that store. Like mm-hmm. that's so 
th- that can be your entry point into bigger swim baits. Oh yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, it's true. There's, there's, there's goods. And I, it's funny. You do, you see like even the larger brands getting into that market. Like people love the six cent stuff. Yeah. You know, they really the, do. They uh, the love trace, it. Yeah. Yeah. The trace people are going nuts about that. Now they have, Oh, what the hell is it? Is it called? This is the havoc. That's everybody, the buzz. Everybody's been going nuts over. Um, and I've seen it and it, I feel like it's a little bit more like uh, almost like a mag draft style. Um, okay. I, I think it might be a line through. I, I'm, I'm completely talking out of my ass right now. So Let's see. Berkeley um, Havoc. I'm looking up right now. That's what uh, uh, Sixth Sense. They just launched it. So, so new. Um, new arrivals. Even Bass Pro Shop has their it's, own that's like, what it XPS is. swim bait or something. Yeah. Oh, dude, those XPS swim baits are great. Um, the uh, it, that's what it is. It's the Hangover. It's Ben Milliken's okay. Hangover. Yeah. It's I think it's a line through, and it's just freaking nuts. Yeah, some pretty cool colors. People are going nuts about it too. Live Gizzard Pro Blue, Live Crappie. All right, yeah, That's yeah, a cool looking bait, pretty cool looking bait. I was like, so, and, and people are, they're getting, they're getting into it, you know. But yeah, line through, throw a treble hook on there. Sometimes I'll even throw. <laughs> so a lot of my baits are, or the baits I make, I use exclusively Epic bait molds. I think you yep. mentioned that at the beginning of the show. But a lot of them are designed to work with an owner beast swim bait hook. But a lot oh, of times yeah. I'll throw that like belly stinger treble right over the. Right over the beast hook before you rig it through the body and throw oh, yeah. a belly center on there, especially if you're fishing clear, more open waters. Yeah. You don't have to worry about getting hung up. Why yeah, not? Absolutely. Yeah. Increase your the, the percentage that they're going to get one of those hooks. Yeah. That's freaking dynamite, dude. Yeah. I There's so many goals this year for me. A big one, though, though for me is like just making that leap into BFS, um, doing, you know, trying to capitalize on that for the multi-species stuff. Uh, definitely. Maybe, maybe, maybe a boat conversation is, is going to happen. We'll see what happens. That's I got to pass these live shows though. <laughs> get the wife in the boat. That's what I need to do. Yeah. Get her out there fishing more. Name it a game, dude. I love it. Well, Art, this was awesome, dude. If you want, go ahead and uh, plug any, any anything that you've got going on. If anybody's interested in checking out the Fish Daddy Plastics, uh, let them know where they can check that stuff out. Um, if they have a custom order or something, how can they get a hold of you? Like, go ahead. This is your moment to shine. Sure. Um, so Fish Daddy 401 or 401, which is, for those that don't know, is Rhode Island's area code, yep. the one area code code we have. But uh, so Fish Daddy 401 on at gmail.com or Instagram, any of the socials is the best place to reach me. Um, I've got my website up. There's not a ton of stuff on it. Hit me on Instagram. That's probably the best place to uh, to get me. I haven't been loading the website up as much, but mm-hmm. I'm going to start putting more and more out there. So keep an eye on that for, for the coming coming year. That's awesome, dude. It's so funny. You mentioned 401 being the area code of Rhode Island. Last night at Trivia, my third place team, their score was 401. So as yeah. I'm reading out the final scores, I was like, and in third place, we've got Darth Hendo with a score of 401. And I said, I'm going to call that score Lil Rody. And I had 19 <laughs> teams in the place. And everybody was like, what? And I'm like, that's Rhode Island's area code. That's the one. That's all they need. Yeah, that's, you know? New Hampshire, too, is 603, right? 603, yeah. But we don't get scores that high. A lot of dummies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, but yeah. Man. And if anybody's looking for recommendations for baits too, like like I said, I've got a bunch of friends that also make baits. You're looking yep. for 
big weight baits. Uh, there's like metalhead musky baits, like big 16, 18 inch, all kinds of crazy feathers oh, yeah. and hooks on them. Like I, I could point you in the right direction. Anybody wants to learn how to make soft plastics? I mean, I might not be the best teacher in the world, but yep. I'll do what I can. And I go live on Instagram here and there, but I can, I can make some recommendations for you and point you in some good directions. That's awesome, hopefully. dude. No, I love it. That's great. Unbelievable, dude. Well, hey, here is to the best in 2024. You know, we'll uh, we'll see if we can get you on some pike, too. We'll make some plans. We'll have you come up the shears. It'll be good. In fact, we're talking pizza earlier. There's a spot. There's I, I now Massachusetts is famously known for being the home of bar style pizza. Uh, Brockton specifically and a handful of places out east. This is like a lifestyle up the shears. I found a bar that has their own bar pizza that is fan fucking tastic. And it's not far from this lake. So we'll go. We'll fish this sucker. We'll get on some giant pike. Some we'll get on some giant, giant pike. And, uh, you know, after we we uh, heal our lacerations from those toothy sons of bitches, we'll go ahead and uh, throw back a couple of beers and have some have some really good bar pizza. I think it's Papa Bob's is the place I'm thinking of. Sounds good to me. Good stuff, man. I love it. Thank you, Art. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy New Year, bud. Happy New Year. All right. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Well, that's going to do it for us this week here at Jigs and Bigs, everybody. I hope you guys have a wonderful, I hope you had a wonderful and safe New Year's. Celebrated appropriately, rang in the New Year, but uh, you weren't stupid. You stayed off the roads and and everybody is better for it. So hopefully that's the situation you had. I hope you guys uh, have your uh, your goals set for 2024. Let us know what uh, your goals are for 2024. If you want to shoot us a DM on Instagram or on our Facebook page, or even just shoot us an email. Actually, you know what? Even better, don't do any of those things. If you've got goals that you're you want to throw out there, let's put them in the ether through the power of audio. Call the hotline. Call the Jigs and Bigs hotline. It's 413. Let me let me I gotta look this up. I apologize. I'm so unprepared for this. Give us a call on the Jigs and Bigs hotline, please. And uh, you know, get us uh get us your what, what am I doing? I gotta go to settings here. That's what I gotta do. There we go. Call the hotline with your goals. 413-324-8519. Give us a jangle and uh, leave a message there with what your goals are for 2024. What do you want to see happen? You know, I mean, we're not no judgment whatsoever. You go ahead and you set your goals the way you want. Um, Go ahead and give us a call. Again, that number is 413-324-8519. Leave us a message and uh, you can do this at any time. There's no deadline here. If you've got some goals for 2024 throughout the month of January and into February, we'll go ahead and play them on the show for you. Why not? I think it's a good conversation to have. Uh, Appreciate you guys for everything you have going on. You guys are absolutely awesome. Um, Remember that the 200th episode is coming up very, very soon. Uh, When I say the 200th episode, I'm not speaking of the 200th episode uh, proper. I'm talking about the 200th episode celebration that's happening on January the 13th at the Munich House in Chicopee, Massachusetts. It is a game dinner and tickets at the time of recording this podcast are still available. Please do yourself a huge favor and uh, click the link in the description of this podcast to get your tickets. Now, 
Some of you guys aren't around the uh, Chicopee, Massachusetts area, and that's okay. Hey, maybe uh, the ticket to the game dinner is a little out of your budget, but you want to show some support and maybe win some amazing prizes from a raffle that we have going on, you can go ahead and uh, do so just by purchasing the non-attending ticket, which will be available until the event closes down. You can purchase the non-attending raffle ticket uh, and uh, be entered to win some of the fabulous prizes that we have available. We got some great, great stuff lined up for for you guys. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you had yourself a fantastic uh, New Year's uh, celebration. Uh, we know that those guys and gals that are fishing up north are struggling right now. It's been weird, weird weather. It's a grind. But if you're catching them, we want to know. Do us a favor and give us uh, a little shout out on uh, tag us in your fish picks. Whatever the platform is, just tag Jigs and Bigs. We'll jump in the comments. We'll throw you a like. We'll share you on our story. All kinds of stuff. Appreciate you guys. Hope you guys had yourself a good one. We will see you in seven days with more Jigs and Bigs goodness coming up after this. And uh, like we always say, it's an ass smoke some grass.